For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. In touch if you have uh, uh, traffic or weather updates this morning. But winter is here in earnest, according to the mail today. Winter arrives with weather warnings. Yeah, what are you talking about? I mean, when are we not getting weather warnings with all these different colours that we have? It's nothing new to me. I guess it's just the changing seasons. Um, but you heard a little clip of uh, Bobby Lynch from the uh, Taxi Drivers Federation and a taxi driver himself on side and a brother of Katrina Toomey of Cork Penny Dinners. Uh, that story actually is uh, detailed in the front of this morning's Echo where tra- taxi drivers are being hit so badly that some are now turning to charities for assistance. Uh, a lot of it to do with the impact in rising costs of fuel and the other expenses that they have within the industry. Uh, and indeed, Bobby himself now is referring some taxi drivers uh, to penny dinners for food to look after them. He said, I had two lads onto me uh, and uh, we didn't put up a notice about helping drivers, he said, but they are getting onto me. And he anticipates more people to be looking for help in the months ahead. And of course, Katrina Toomey was saying that about many, many sections of society on this program yesterday. And a lot of them would be uh, people making a reasonably good standard of living, but just can't cope because it just doesn't make sense. In fact, there was a a survey done by the independent.ie with regards to comparing supermarket shopping. They had a particular basket that they dealt with back in February and they got the prices of it in February and they looked at it again in September. Uh, And it's interesting when you compare the different supermarkets I'll have more on that a little later on. Uh, Gardaí um, seized 100 grand's worth of cocaine down in Cove. Um, and this is good news. And, and I know, of course, that unfortunately way too much gets in and way too little is seized. But uh, they made a couple of arrests. I don't know that it will deter drug dealers or indeed kingpins for funneling cocaine and heroin down to Cork. But uh, it's, it's some way... Uh, towards at least trying to take some amount of cocaine and indeed, I suppose, heroin off the streets of Cork. But thefts within businesses in Cork. This is an ongoing problem, the old term shoplifting. I can never understand why that was used, but it was literally, it's literally thieving from businesses. Uh, and before Judge Olin Kelleher yesterday uh, was uh, a character who um, had quite an amount of um uh, let's just put uh, let's put it like this misdemeanors uh, and he got a jail term of 8 months a guy called Stephen McNamara he was before the courts for 9 counts of stealing alcohol from supermarkets around the city and the judge said that thefts of any businesses particularly in the city center is making business impossible for many business owners uh, for shop owners to conduct business and if the courts didn't recognize the amount of shoplifting going on in Cork City so that's an interesting one before the criminal courts and a story that we had on the air uh, which would be great if it was before the courts at some stage and this is the hit and run stories that we had yesterday one in particular makes many of the papers today in quite some detail in the independent Ralph Regal has really looked at the story after uh, I spoke to Donna Duggan, Duggan on air yesterday morning about her brother Jack, who was left with awful, awful injuries and the swelling on his head. We shared the photographs on social yesterday and uh, Ralph Regal does in The Independent of the swelling uh, on his head. The si- it certainly is the size of a tennis ball and then some. But of course, this is a 13-year-old lad uh, who was left on the ground. He could have been dead on the ground and the driver, well, she did stop. She did take off her seatbelt, thought about getting out of the car and then drove off. So that story from yesterday's programme makes the papers today. But that walkout at a mass down in Kerry in Listowel is the front page of many of the red tops today and the headlines have mass walkout after priests anti-gay rant now the bishop has subsequently come out and apologized uh, for the uh, you know um, i suppose many people are calling it a, a rant in the red tops today 
it was a hate-filled homily, others call it, uh, saying that uh, gay sex is a mortal sin. Uh, having a go at transgenderism, having a go at giving contraception to young people who socialise. All sins, sins, sins. And apparently this was the homily of Father Sean Sheehy um, at Mass of the Weekend where people walked out. Bishop, sorry for priest's hateful homily. I'll come back to this in a, in a few minutes' time because I have some of the audio from it uh, and I'll just park it there for now and come back in a few minutes' time. Uh, um, you know, Christmas is coming and the goose is getting fat or the turkey or whatever it is that you're going to have at Christmas time. But uh, what, what I need to sound overly alarmist, this avian flu thing uh, needs to be recognised for what it is and that is a threat to both, um, you know, I, I guess to turkeys who are bred in captivity to a large extent uh, or indeed wild birds because I was hearing over the last couple of weeks that avian flu is becoming a big issue for a lot of our wild bird species, including gannets. And even a couple of weeks back, down along west in Port McGee and Valencia, somebody was telling me a story of dead puffins off the, off the skelligs. And I don't know for sure whether or not this is associated with the avian flu, but a swan, a dead swan, uh, was found to have tested positive with avian flu. And the problem now is that if it gets into the uh, into turkeys and into the species of turkey, it would be awful for turkeys, clearly, because you don't want to wipe out of any, any one of uh, uh, God's creatures, as the fellow says, but it could have devastating impact for Christmas. And the Irish turkey market at Christmas time would be under threat. And that's a story that makes the independent today. Another thing that's happening with the lead up to Christmas is Michal Martin will step down as a Taoiseach and Leo Varadkar will move in as Taoiseach for the remaining two and a half years of the government. Your thoughts on that are welcome. There'll be also a cabinet reshuffle as well in the lead up to Christmas time as they swap roles. Um, I wonder whether Michal will be happy to park it because God knows it hasn't been the greatest two and a half years for any politician, I suppose, particularly if you're... And I'm not in any way trying to come across as sympathetic for any politician. You know, you get what you pay for and you need to take it on the chin. Uh, but certainly with COVID and everything and then uh, cost of living and price increases and everything like that, I'm sure he would have thought it would have been nicer if it was a more uh, more sedate or calmer uh, Taoiseach role for the two and a half years. But Varadkar moves in uh, for another two and a half. And you know, the Sinn Féin housing spokesman, Ono Brin, I find this very interesting. He certainly went too far for calling and naming a senior civil servant to be sacked. I think that's a step too far, but I don't see why people have an issue with uh, Ono Brin or anybody criticising the public sector or those who are advising government in a civil service position. If he believes that they're not doing a good enough job or we need new thinking or we need a new housing policy or we need to start building bloody houses full stop, I think he's probably okay to say those things. But of course, he went too far and really personalised it. So he said to apologise and the Taoiseach's come out and said, you know, you can't be saying these kind of things about people. You know, the families then make the papers in more ways than one because yesterday I was telling you about the eight different increases that people will receive um, to try and some way help with the cost of living crisis and the cost of food and cost of fuel and everything else that goes with it. But this morning, the uh, minister, Heather Humphreys, said that wealthy parents who don't want and who don't need the double child benefit payment can always give it back, she says. Now, there'll be 640,000 families will get a double child benefit payment this week. Uh, it means that €280 Euro will be paid in respect of 1.2 million children across the state instead of the usual 140. But if you don't want it and you don't feel you deserve it and you don't need it, then you can give it back. If you give it back, would it be given to those that need it even more? No. 
No, it's not as if they would redistribute it to families who need it more. Um, and, you know, you talk of the, another term, like shoplifting is a strange term to use for, you know, for thievery and theft and burglary and whatever. Another one that is, is always kind of underestimates or undervalues the crime is antisocial behaviour. Um, it kind of sugarcoats it. But I was reading a story in the papers this morning where they talk about the amount of attacks on our actual heritage, on buildings and history and things that are important to us now because they're part of our past. Now, it could be gravestones, it could be graveyards, it could be cemeteries, it could be castles, it could be any kind of heritage building. And we know what happened with those thugs and arsonists when they burnt down uh, Vernon Mount. I don't know whatever happened there. I guess they were underage and just got away with it scot-free. But they detail in the Star today many different counties where really and truly, you know, churches and historic buildings and castles are being destroyed and graffitied and, you know, burnt down. Windows that would be thousands of years old with beautiful stained glass being smashed by rocks and boulders and people just partying, taking drugs and just acting the general maggot. So they go into places like Wexford and Kilkenny. They go into County Mead. They look at County Wicklow. They look at County Kerry. Ardforth Cathedral, one of the most beautiful buildings that I ever set foot on, Ardforth Cathedral, is uh, apparently... Uh, a regular haunt for people who want to party and drink and smash things. And indeed, even in Cork, they look at Glanworth Castle in County Cork, where teens are just taking it down stone by stone and then throwing stones onto nearby buildings and desecrating it. So um, that's the story. If you look back to the past and things that went before us and the generations of people who did things that were much more difficult than, than it is now to do. I'm not suggesting that going to the North Pole or South Pole isn't, isn't hard now. But could you imagine trying to do something like that back in 1912? And there was an Irish connection, of course, to the polar ex- ex- expeditions as well. But there's a letter written by uh, Captain Robert Scott, one of a, a few letters that he wrote, actually, when he knew the game was up and that they were all going to die. And you'll know of the, the South Pole expedition. That was the one in which Captain Lawrence Oates went out in minus 40 degrees. And his last words were, I'm just going outside. I may be some time. So we're all aware of that. But one of the letters that Scott wrote, it was the letter where he spoke about that they would die like gentlemen and look after our women. Uh, That is going for auction. And you can never tell with an auction. They say it could make 700,000. But you know the way it is. If there's a few people out there, it could go very much north of that. And, you know, the the cost of things, well, not so much actually the cost of things, but the popularity of things is the story that makes the star today. How many people now, hands up, I've actually gone to see the Banshees of Inishirin. At what stage are we allowed to talk about the storyline and the parts of it that people find difficult to watch? Um, I suppose no time soon. But the Aaron Jumper, um, I've been calling him Barry Kyohan and I'm told that I'm wrong. His name is Barry Kyogen. I think he's the, I think he's the, the, the show stealer. Um, I really, intru- I know Colin Farrell is, is terrific in it and the cast is brilliant and, you know, they're, but, but I think he just kind of steals it for me. Um, go and see it and see if you agree with me. But the other story to it is the sale of Aaron Jumpers has risen by 50% uh, because people have gone to see the film or they've seen the photographs or whatever and they just love the idea of Aaron Jumpers. So apparently the Banshees of Inish Inishirin, uh, set in the 1930s when I guess many people in rural Ireland, particularly on islands, wore um, Aaron Jumpers has seen the sales of them just go through the roof. Which is pretty good, actually, because ain't nothing better than an Aaron jumper across the winter. And I'm talking from experience, having one myself.
And the final thing then with fashion or fashion trends has to do with Gwyneth Paltrow. If people will buy crazy things, then Gwyneth Paltrow will keep on designing them. She has now come up with a stinking bag of compost. I jest you not. Who would want to spend 75 euro on her brand goop stinking bag of compost. Well, probably the same people that bought her 350 euro doggy bed or her 240 euro small little bag to carry your baguette from the bakery. A baguette bag. I mean, you would want to be dripping money and seriously lacking in common sense to spend 240 euro on a baguette bag. But people have spent 85 euro on a glasses stand. Just a small little stand. Like the thing that you'd wedge under the door to keep it open, to keep your glasses on a stand. One or two more include a brass hand shower at 550 euro. I mean, you could just knock a few holes in the end of a bucket or you could use a bucket or you could use a whatever you want. But 550 euro brass hand shower. Just some of the examples of the crazy things down the year. Uh, that, oh, and there was the designer dog mess bag. So no more plastic poop bags or anything like that. This is a small, tiny little designer dog mess bag. Looks like a Prada bag to me. Comes in to pick up your dog's poo at 425 euro. The Neil Prendeville Show. Gold winner for Interactive Speech Program at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Courts, Red FM. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Uh, the mass walkout after the priest's anti-gay rant makes many of the front pages of the papers today. Uh, your thoughts in it are welcome, please. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I'm going to play you uh, some of the uh, audio of it. Um, I'm going to do the audio now, if that's okay, and just set the scene for people as to what was said on Sunday at Mass and Listol. I would have hoped that we would have made a, 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 you know, moved on from calling people out as being sinners for the way they lead their lives, you know? One would think that if nobody is being hurt and there's no actual crime, and of course homosexuality is not a crime, um, then that people would be left alone, embraced and being told, you know, just share love. So this doesn't help actually with uh, Father Sean Sheehy. Uh, apparently some people within the congregation actually agreed and they walked out of the Mass. But we put together about just a little bit over three minutes of the audio from his homily on Sunday in Mass in Listowel. What is so sad today is you rarely hear about sin, but it's rampant. It's rampant. And we see it, for example, in the legislation of our governments. We see it in the promotion of abortion. We see it, for example, in the, in the example of this lunatic approach of transgenderism. We see it, for example, in the promotion of sex between two men or two women. That is sinful. That is mortal sin. And people don't seem to realize it. But it's a fact. It's a reality. And we need to listen to God about it, because if we don't, then there's no hope for those people. And so God is also telling you and me today, look, you have a responsibility to seek out those who are lost. You have a responsibility to call people to an awareness of the fact that sin is destructive. Sin is detrimental. And sin will lead us to hell. When we, when we honor the saints on the first of this coming month, we honor people who are saints. Why are they saints? Because they repented and because they sought forgiveness. As somebody said one time, 
heaven is full of converted sinners. And so today God says to us, I have come to call sinners. But if you don't admit you're a sinner, then you're not listening to my call and I can't do anything for you because it's a two-way street. Now there are people you see who won't like to hear what I'm saying. But the day you die, you will find out that what I'm saying is not what I invented, it's not what I came up with, it's what God is saying. And the day you die, you will find out that is the truth. Our prayer for people is that you, it won't be too late for people. But how will people know that God wants to forgive them if we don't tell them? How will people who are lost be found if we, as God's people, don't call them and say, look, God loves you. He has come to call sinners, but he wants you to have life and have it to the full. Because that's what he wants. He wants you to live life to the fullest. But since he's the author of life, we can only live it through, with, and in his grace, through the power of his spirit. Calling us, and as the first reading reminds us, for prodding us to become conscious of our sinfulness so that we will turn to him and say, Lord, please forgive me. And he's only too willing to do that. And it's in that forgiveness we experience God actually saving us from Satan and all his wiles and ways. And he has many wiles and ways. I was talking to a woman there a few weeks ago. Her 17-year-old daughter who was out with her friends in Tralee came home and she handed her mother a condom. The mother said, where did you get that? She said, an HSC van was handing these things out in in Tralee. And she said, my gracious me, that is promoting promiscuity. That is horrible. Horrible. And so therefore, as Christians, we need to stand up for God. And we, if we don't, then there's no hope for many people. So today, the Lord speaks to us very clearly. And he calls us to be his people and to benefit from his compassion, from his love, from his mercy. And so today, we thank the Lord for this. And those of you who happen to be leaving today, God help you. That's all I have to say to you. And God bless you who are here and who are worshipping God. God bless all of you. That's about three minutes of uh, what he had to say yesterday, on Sunday, I should say. And as you heard him saying, he saw people get up and start walking out um, and said things to them as well. So sin is rampant. He referenced abortion. He referenced the, the lunacy of uh, transgenderism. He spoke about the sin of sex between two men or two women as being a mortal sin. He said that people, uh, whether it's abortion or transgenderism or sex between two men or two women, they are lost, uh, will go to hell, should look for forgiveness. Satan is waiting. And of course, the reference to the 17-year-old girl in Tralee that was handed a condom Um, as being just nothing more than promoting promiscuity. Your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868104106. Calls, texts and comments on the way. Winner of two golds at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. I was chatting yesterday about uh, fireworks, right, and the effect that they can have on dogs. I don't know if it's the same with with cats or other pets, but certainly with dogs, whatever way they're wired. I was chatting with Con about the little Bichon Freeze who bolted because of the fireworks and they took care of the dog on Blarney Street and 
that was just one example. And poor old Anthony got in touch with me. He says, Neil, I was listening to that man, Con, talking today about uh, the dog that bolted because of the fireworks. And he says, my 14-year-old colleague, Misty, was so terrified on the night of the fireworks, and this had been Monday night, so we brought her into the living room. Um, uh, she was jumping from the chairs to try and get out the window, knocked over the television. So I decided eventually, and very importantly, the word here, reluctantly, to put her out in the back garden with the other dogs who were not so afraid of the fireworks, some not afraid at all, hoping that being with the other dogs, it would calm her down. Uh, and then he says, this, how I, this is how I found her this morning literally frightened to death. Misty died. He says, I really wish people would think twice before setting off fireworks. I'm having to bury my poor Misty after 14 happy years. And he sent me and we shared the story online. Uh, and of course, uh, um, I just want to get your thoughts on it for sure. Uh, and also the photograph of, of poor Misty, who literally died outside from the fear of the fireworks. So it would be fair to say that Misty, beautiful, beautiful collie, was literally frightened to death. How, how does this happen and why does it happen? Uh, Vincent Cashman with the CSPCA. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are, how are dogs wired differently? So is, is it their hearing? Is it something to do with, with sonar or what kind of brain patterns? How, how come? Some dogs react differently to, to loud noises, right? And it, again, it's their hearing. If they can see where the noise is coming from, they probably would be less afraid of it. But the fact that they don't know where the noise is coming from, they can't see where it's coming from, more importantly. And it's some dogs, it just frightens them completely. It's just some dogs, some dogs nothing would, would, would um, upset them. Other dogs then would be more sensitive to it. Yeah, so it, it's, it's about sensitivity because surely it can't be the volume of the fireworks because I've seen dogs go crazy where they hear fireworks but they're very far away and very low down audibly, you know? Yes. It just, it, it all depends on the, if how, far, how close the firework went off um, to the dog as well would make a bit of a difference. Did, did did Misty then die of a heart attack? Or, or what do you think? Well, it probably was. You see, every one of us has a, a doctorate in hindsight, Neil. And realistically here, the dog shouldn't have been put outside. Okay? If it was put out to put the other dogs, or to to see what the other dogs came it down, what should have happened there is the other dog should have been brought in. Brought in to Misty. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. And Anthony, yes. and in fairness to, in fairness to Anthony, he, he says reluctantly he put her out with the other calmer dogs hoping the presence of the other calmer dogs would calm her down if the dog is afraid of fireworks putting it out into the fireworks again as I'm saying I don't know that this, this gentleman uh, uh, he's heartbroken the poor fellow in fairness I mean look it is, it is as I said we all have a doctor in hindsight it, was, it, it wasn't the best decision to make to put the dog actually out into it but hold on a second now Misty was going absolutely berserk, um, crashing against windows, knocking televisions over, jumping from chair to chair. She, she did she not need more more space? No, oh, she had more space. She'd probably bolt. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer. If she, you see, we we put out advice every year on this, right? If you have a dog that's afraid of fireworks, if you bring your bring your dog in, and it's the same with everything. It could be a cat, it could be rabbits in your garden, it could be anything like that. If you're bringing the animals in, um. That's fine. If you want to take the dog out to go to the toilet, put the dog on a lead. You have control of the lead. People leave the dog out. We're dealing with calls even up to this morning. When did the dog go missing? We're missing Halloween night. Yeah. 
it's fireworks are never going to be banned. That's like saying we're going to ban Halloween. It's not going to happen. Fireworks, it's, it's, it's yearly. It's normally there for the length of time that um, the kids are on, on midterm break, particularly Halloween night. Yeah. There is always going to be fireworks. So you know well in advance there's going to be loud noises and that you should be prepared for it. Yeah, yeah. But they, they, don't, they don't get freaked out by very loud music or by very loud television or they don't Some get freaked out do. by the backfire of a... But they all seem to get freaked by fireworks, whatever that sound is or whatever the, the wave patterns of the sound, do you think? Some dogs are great. Um, especially any of the working breed dogs, they, they know what a bang is and they're, they're probably looking to the sky to see if there's a pheasant falling. But some dogs react very, very badly to loud noises. Have you ever heard and of it? Have you ever heard, pardon me for cutting across you, 14-year-old Misty, a beautiful collie, literally frightened to death? No. I haven't heard of a case like this, but again, the dog's age, she was 14, was very, very frightened already, was put outside where the, the noises were probably overhead. It would bring on, if there was any issue there with her heart, it would have brought it on. But sure, as an owner, or somebody who loved the dog, Anthony would be very upset to hear that. Uh, he's, you know, he's getting some amount of criticism as well from people saying, you know, that that was the last thing that he should have done is put the dog outside. It's cruelty. You see, if, if the, again, as I said, it's very easy for us to, to, to come along afterwards, as I said, we've all a doctorate now, i If But if the dog is fr- frightened of these loud noises, you do not put the dog out into it. Regardless, you stay with the dog at, 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 at the very least. So you can see, is the dog actually calming down a bit outside? We don't know whether it did or didn't. So the dog was left outside. Was it checked on? Um, if, it's, if, it's, if it wasn't checked on, why wasn't it checked on? If the dog was afraid of those loud noises. Mm, mm. You prefer to see fireworks banned? You see, fireworks, but they won't be banned, Neil. They, 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 they won't be banned. They're illegal to use, but they're always, they're always going to be there. They're actually yeah. illegal anyway, are they? I think they're illegal. As far as I'm aware, no, I'm not 100% on that, but I think fireworks are illegal. So how do people get they their hands on be, them then? You buy them illegally. <laughs> Clearly, but where did they get them? Yes, well, you see, you can buy fireworks in the north. And just bring them across south. the border. So maybe somebody's yeah. got a business going, shipping them over across the border. They and probably selling. have. They probably have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very sad. There, there has to be. They have to be getting it somewhere. But as I said, fireworks are legal in the north, and I mean, every year there are are, are people going across the borders to buy them. Yeah, a lot of dogs have bolted then as well. I was talking about the Bichon Freeze yesterday. Also, of Catherine, uh, who's got a black lab that Shadow, who just did a run on Monday night as well. Are there many like that? There are quite a few. I think we've had about uh, fifteen calls so far. Yeah. So what's the, what's the message to everybody in situations like that? Is, keep the dogs indoors. We keep the dogs indoors. You know exactly it's the 31st of October. It's the same every year. And just be prepared for us. Okay. If you have to take the dog outside, clip the dog on a lead so that if there is something goes off overhead or nearby, even if the dog reacts badly to it, you still have control of the lead. Even though they love those that they live with them, they, the, the, being, being with a family doesn't calm them. It, it, yeah, but you can work on that. You can work on that. So, I mean, if if the if the dog is reacting badly, you try to calm the dog down as best. You, you wouldn't can. Go, you wouldn't be taking a dog in advance to the vet for meds or anything, no. 
if the, what you can do is you can discuss the, the, the problem with your vet. The vet will prescribe, look, they may give something that will calm the dog down before it. But realistically, though, it's it's down to the owner itself to okay. make okay. sure that the situation is a little Okay, calm. and finally, before I let you go, is it only dogs that react this way? What about no, other cats, pets? Cats, um, loud flashes or bangs as well. Um, we recommended as well that if, if people have chickens in the backyard, lock them in. Make sure they're covered over. If you have rabbits, make sure their hutch is covered so that the, the wire isn't facing us. Either a loud bang or flashes can scare them. It petrifies um, all of them then? It, it does, it does really, right? Some of them take no notice whatsoever. But unfortunately then when you have something that is very, very nervous of it, you can have dire consequences. Okay, appreciate you taking the call, Vincent, as always. Vincent Cashman from the CSPCA. Catherine! Can you hear me all right? Hello. Morning. I can, yeah. And thank you for holding. I do appreciate you've been waiting a while. Um, and your dog is another example of a dog that bolted uh, because of fireworks, is it? Um, I think so. She was in the garden at five o'clock on Monday evening. She'd gone out. She likes going out to the garden. She's in and out the whole time. And she was out there at five o'clock and a few minutes later she was gone. Okay. And w- did you hear fireworks? Were there fireworks in Blarney? Yeah, there, there was a lot of them going off. There was yeah. an awful lot of them going off on Monday. But they'd gone off other nights during the week and it hadn't bothered her. She was outside and I was looking out the window and she was happy out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose the poor misfortune ran away to try and get away from the sound of them. She must have done. Yeah. Like, she's three years old and she's never left on her own before. She's only ever been out on her lead with us. Yeah, but there are other dogs out. Yeah, we have two dogs and the other one hates the house. He likes to be out all the time. Yeah. And he he stays in the back garden. So, and what breed of a dog is the other one that wasn't bothered at all? Um, A rough collie. But, but, the Labrador was never bothered by fireworks before. Like I said, there was days during the week where the odd firework went off and she was happy out. Oh dear. So you're very worried as to where Shadow is then, I'd say. I am. And we have it on a lot of um, blogs around that she's missing. And an awful lot of people contacted me yesterday morning. The phone was hopping with the amount of people texting me and calling me. People were absolutely fantastic. And the amount of people that went out searching is phenomenal. Yeah, how old is Shadow, the Black Lab? Three. Three. She'll be three next week. Yeah. Just somebody's saying, you know, for fireworks or times like that, it's the time where people should be turning up the radio good and loud or turning up the television good and loud to, to drown out the sound, you know? I don't know what that helping situations like this. It's a bit like the dog is bolted now. But you're yeah. mad. Has she, has she got a collar? She has a collar, but the two of them tend to tug at the name tags and pull them off. And I think her name tag was off. Okay, so she could be anywhere, so but hopefully around the Blarney area. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of contact in one particular area between Blarney and Killeen's between 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock yesterday. A lot of people out walking yesterday were telling us they saw a dog that could be her. And around half 10 then, there's no there's no sighting since about half 10 or 11 yesterday. Ah, the misfortune. So I'm hoping, yeah. somebody, I'm hoping somebody that doesn't have social media might have picked her up and could hear the radio and Nowhere to Could have done, because it's been two nights now and certainly she'll be starving hungry so hopefully somebody does have her and that she's not wandering around main roads, you know? That's it. Okay. Listen, if anybody wants to get in touch with how can they do so? Um, they can contact me. Um, will I give you my phone number? Yeah, is that the 085 number? Yeah. Okay, 85 That's it. Okay, alright, Catherine. Come back to me if you have an update, alright? 
thank you very much. Cheers. Oh eight five double seven four three one double two. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. What are your What are your thoughts on on poor old Misty, the fourteen year old collie, literally frightened to death? It's kind of nature of the collies. I have one myself for the last fourteen years, Neil. And when the nights of fireworks, I just bring her in and turn up the television, and she's a happy out just sitting there by the television or by the the radio, whatever you label listen to, but it drowns out the sound of oh, the fireworks. Right. So you would turn the TV up good and loud or put music on loud so she literally can't hear it? Correct. And is, like, our collie's a nervous breed of dog? I imagine there must be. I mean, it, it, she used to bore every time out. She'd go whimpering around the house when the fireworks would go off, so... When you turn the, the when you turn the TV up, that she stops. Yeah, she's a, she doesn't hear it then because the the music is on the, the TV is drowning out the sound. Why are people critical of somebody who would put a terrified dog outside? Because there's a lot of them. Right. That poor dog, she should have been put safely into a quiet room until she was calmed down. Another one here says, um, I'm sorry for your loss, uh, but please explain your logic for putting this poor darling outside in fear. That's like putting the, the dog in the line of fire, Neil. I mean, in all fairness, it was nervous of what was outside and then he threw it out. That doesn't make any sense. I know, but I'd say he must feel awful about it, the poor misfortune, you know. Well, he just made a wrong decision. I feel sorry for him, for how he reacted, but it's it's common sense, Neil. I mean, you wouldn't put a child out in front of the line of fire, would you? Well, he... No, you, you clearly wouldn't, but he probably did so because there were dogs that he had outside that were calm, and he thought they might calm Misty. Didn't work. Did you ever hear of a dog literally being frightened to death? I didn't, Neil, but I know how they react. I mean, I've had them all my life. I've kept them all my life. And I know that if they're nervous or something, you shelter them from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very sad. All right, appreciate it, John. Thank you for the tip. Turn the radio up, turn the television up, whatever the case may be. If that story is true, then shame on the owner. Looks like uh, she was never an indoor dog. Uh, no way the other dogs outside were not terrified of the fireworks either and none of them were checked till the morning time uh, poor poor dog so there is an amount of people that are critical of the dog being put out in the first place uh, very sorry to hear this but uh, putting the dog outside makes no logical sense to me there's no way she wouldn't have been in a worst worse state outside another person very upset about your poor dog people just don't care but I wouldn't have put the dog outside of no words um, putting the dog outside will not calm her down uh, poor baby died frozen, wet and petrified for its life. 14-year-old Collie Misty. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Yes, to see other ones here. My Alsatian dog went missing Halloween night. He's black and tan and his paws are tan. He's an outside dog. He's belonged to the kids and he's microchipped as well. And all of this has to do, of course, with the fireworks on Monday night. Uh, hope you uh, are reunited with your loving dog, Megan. Thanks for the text. Before I was going off air yesterday, I told you of a post that uh, the broadcaster Gareth O'Callaghan uh, posted on Twitter. Um, his own lovely little dog, the family dog Finn, um, got a bad kicking from some thugs, a teenage group of so-called trick-or-treaters. Um, and uh, they really hurt the little dog. He posted a video of the dog in distress uh, and very much out of it on the bed uh, following uh, the attack on his dog. He says, my gorgeous little perfect boy. He asks the question, what has society come to? He says, we will find you. 
And I was telling you this yesterday morning, we will find you. Trust me, I know who you are. I don't mean to sound like Liam Neeson, but I'll tell you one thing. You hurt the most innocent, harmless individual in the world. And I'm coming looking for you. So remember what you did. You destroyed this little baby. And apparently he has uh, some footage in some way, shape or form, because he knows what the teenagers were wearing and says... He is vowing that he will find them. Uh, keep those texts coming. Text 0868-104-106. I see a lot coming in there with regards to the Listol uh, homily, uh, the uh, words of Father Sean Sheehy causing outrage as to what he had to say at Mass. Uh, a lot of people unhappy with that. More on that in, in a few minutes' time. But do text 0868-104-106. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Mayor. People so love their dogs. You could fill days and days of programmes with people's stories about their dogs. The happy and the sad. They really are part of the family big time, aren't they? Totally, absolutely. And they should be treated as such. And absolutely, because they give so much love. And we're heartbroken when they pass away, you know. So totally. What what do you make of the story of Misty, incidentally, dying from fear? I, I, I just don't get the fact that the poor dog was outside. Um, I mean, the weather, even on Monday, like even if my dog refused to go out the back to go to the child. It's just so like bad that, on Monday. They? Yeah, some are like yeah, that. Yeah, there's no way she was even going out. But anyway, she's not, she's not, she's not an outdoor dog. She just goes out to the back. Years and years ago, they were all outdoor dogs. But you know something? Uh, yeah, years absolutely. and years ago, we had no designer dogs. They were, they were much hardier no, dogs back no, then. No, Well, she's not definitely not a designer dog, but um, she's, she's, she's a house dog and she sleeps on the bed, usual. But um, Monday, God love her. Like, she's the same every time those fireworks go off. She goes insane. Like, she was trying to climb up the back of the chairs behind the sofa. Then she went up into the bathroom, couldn't get her out of the bathroom. She was trying to go down the toilet. Oh, for God's sake. Um, really? Crying, really? shivering, shaking. I thought she would get a heart attack. She was so frightened. And I can't, I, I just don't get the fact that somebody would have a dog outside in that weather. Reluctantly, though. He put her out reluctantly I to be with the other dogs. Because, yeah, I don't. But should any of the dogs shouldn't have been out. Like, there's no way you should have a dog out in, in, when there are fireworks going off. And because they know, whatever instinct they have, they can hear stuff. Even when the fireworks were very far away, she could still hear them. Rose could still hear the, the racket. I know, but, I, you know, I mean, in and, defense uh, of Anthony, who's not here to defend uh, himself, the I dog was very distressed indoors in an enclosed area, you know, tr- tr- yeah, trying, to, trying yeah. to jump through windows, knocking over televisions. Dogs, dogs yeah. can completely lose the plot. I, I was told a story oh, yeah. years ago of a dog... Yeah. There was, a, yeah. there was a dog in a house, right? Male dog. And there was a, right. a, a female dog, commonly right. known as a bitch, down right. down the yes, road, right? Yes. Down the road yes. that was in heat. And this, oh, male, right. this male dog was going absolutely yeah. insane, trying to get out of the house to get to the dog right. in heat. Yeah. And there was yeah. a back door with a glass panel, a low glass panel on the back door. And the dog jumped through, <laughs> smashed the glass panel and raced yeah. out through it. Yeah, I have dogs climbing six, seven foot fences to, to, to uh, when the when the lure is on. Uh, so I, that happens all right, and that's that's kind of accidental. You know, you can understand that kind of happening up to a point. But just wondering, could Misty have been hurt indoors? You see, maybe she did. If she knocked over the TV and whatever, maybe she was, and she just. But the thing is, you just don't open the door. You know, I mean, I it took me ages. I got her eventually to come down, and I had to kind of just keep giving her the belly rubs and calm her down and talking very quietly to her and eventually, eventually she calmed down. But I know I know my sister has gets a sedative for her dog when they're fireworks because she goes totally mental altogether and and very light sedative. 
and I'd be kind of nearly thinking of that. Yeah, I know. When, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. There, coming up again yeah, because d- believe me, there'd be criticism. So, so, there'd so be criticism of people doing that as well. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. You can't win. You can't win. But I mean, I used Don't to walk at the airport. Dogs, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to walk at the airport, and I had to stop because they're doing the uh, you know the crow bangers go off up there. Right. And she used to go. She actually ran. She pulled. In, she pulled herself off the lead, and tore through the airport one day. Um, so I had to stop walking up there over the bangers. But um, yeah, it, it's a thing with dogs, I suppose. You know, you just try and try and avoid the situation. I know the poor misfortunate Rosie trying to get trying to escape by trying to climb oh, down to, the toilet. Yeah, she didn't know where to go. She was under the bed. Ah. She was up in the bed. She couldn't. She was trying to hide under the pillows, wherever she was trying to, you know. And the poor old creature. And I thought, God, I mean, uh, we weren't too bad. It was just one night. But I know uh, where my brother, my son lives. Um, they had them for about two weeks every night, and their dog is the same. And they have sedatives as well for their dog because she's scared. A sedative. Yeah. John says yeah. turn the but television up good and loud or put on loud music. I had that music. done anyway because I'm half deaf, so my television <laughs> would be very loud anyway. And um, know. you know, but so they can hear it's like they they have hearing that we don't have. You know that uh, they can hear things different easy, frequencies. Time. You know, fireworks Frequency, are one thing. Yeah. Do you know the bangers yeah. that people throw and like? They're, they're, oh yes, some yes, they, they yeah. can be in tiny little pouches. You know, and you can yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they would be. They would be. Um, uh, they'd frighten dogs too, right? Or they would anything with a bang, anything that goes off with a bang that's unexpected and they don't know what it is or where it's coming from. I suppose uh, it's going to frighten them anyway. And I think people should, you know, but obviously that's never going to happen. People should be more considerate, but they're not. I know. Obviously. I know. But I think people really need the lesson, for God's sake, keep your doors locked and don't let the animals out. Yeah. I mean, I'd nearly, yeah, you know, I'd nearly bring a rat in if it was that bad, but <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd draw the line. I would draw the line as a rat. Okay. Or no. <laughs> no, but no, seriously. Like, my cat now is the same. My cat was, he wasn't as bad, I have to say. He just went very quiet and curled up on the chair. But um, he wasn't quite as bad as, as, as Rosie was, you know. So, all right. I don't okay. know. All yeah. right. Okay, Different thanks lessons. for that, Mary. Oh, Cheers. No problem at all. Appreciate bye. it. Text 0868 um, If you were to sum up, actually, the responses so far, um, people are very much critical of, of, you know, Misty being put out in the first place. But again, as Anthony said in his post to me, reluctantly to be with other dogs. I think the last thing that he ever expected was to go out and find poor old Misty dead of a heart attack, literally uh, frightened to death. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. And indeed, you can always email neil at uh, redfm.ie. Just an update. I'll come back to this after 10 o'clock. I was telling you the story of uh, the uh, priest down in uh, Listow. This is Father Sean Sheehy. It's a very interesting story, actually, because he was standing in or deputising, if you like, for the parish priest, a canon Declan O'Connor. So he was deputising at the Mass for that. And I believe that he spoke to Radio Kerry at some stage yesterday where he was saying that, um, you know, he had, he, like the Bishop of Kerry, Ray Brown, came out and apologised for what the priest said at Mass. Um, but the priest himself then, uh, Father Sheehy, came back and said that um, he, if the bishop is apologising, um, that he, then he is muzzling the truth in order to appease people. 
And uh, you're aware of what he said about sin being rampant. He, he had a go against, uh, you know, uh, right to life and abortion. Uh, he went on about the lunatic transgenderism of the world and sex between two men. Uh, he was quoted as saying, Bishop Brown said that he was going to take me off all mass. And I said, OK, fine. I couldn't care less, really. I know myself what I said cannot be disproven by any honest to God Christian or Catholic teaching. And he says that's the bottom line. And he said that to a radio carrier. So keep your text coming on that. I'll get into, the, into them after 10 this morning. Text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Uh, unsigned texter makes a very valid point. I'll tell you why in a second. Just wondering if any feels like me, our texter says. The yellow weather warnings given by Metheron has a huge effect on small businesses that rely on footfall. I know today is going to be a bad day. I don't know about you, but I grew up with this weather and it was never a big thing. All these bloody warnings. Just wondering, does anyone else feel like this? And you know something? I agree with you. I really do. I think we need to be alert. But I think an awful lot of the warnings that we get are just weather that I remember all my life from being a kid upwards. I, you know, I, I guess that we just become more alert to everything, more on alert to everything. But I was getting an Indian takeaway uh, inside in the city about, uh, about 10 days ago or so. Do you remember we had a, an alert that actually never transpired at all. Um, and it was a bit of wind and no more than that and not even a whole lot of rain. One of the warnings that we got never transpired to be anything to be worried about at all. But the owner of the business in there was chatting with him and he says, these warnings, I mean, go outside and have a look, you know. Um, and, and, I, and I had been outside and I said to him, I agree with you. He said, this is hugely impacting business. And he says, I have staff in tonight. I have food in tonight. We've stocked up for tonight. We have the lighting. We have the heat on tonight. And look at it. There's no one here. All because we get a warning uh, that the weather is going to be somewhat inclement and people don't arrive. So I understand what you're saying when you say that it impacts on businesses because one of the businesses affected by it on one of the warnings that never transpired told me that. Uh, You should be talking more about children's allowance for the kids who have turned 18 and are only going into Leaving Cert. They stop it immediately on their 18th birthday. It's needed in Leaving Cert year even more as there were grinds and after-school study to pay for. It should be there until they end full-time education. That's a good point. Keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Then there's a lot then on fireworks and the issues regarding fireworks. But if I can just turn uh, to Father Sheehy and some texts from people coming in who either read about the homily in Listol or heard me playing clips of the audio from it this morning. It's no wonder people are walking out listening to a priest who is draconian as the church he he's as draconian as the church he represents and and who is he or the church or speak on behalf of the church um speaking and still being tried for the mortal sins with rape and abuse of innocent children for centuries at the door of the Catholic Church. Condoms are also against his beliefs. And what does he know about family planning when his church don't allow priests to have any, says Anthony. Uh, another one here. Because we live in a group think society, a minority of people always decide what is best for the majority. Hence, that priest in Kerry is not allowed to have such opinions in Ireland today. Somebody defending his right to an opinion. Yeah, but who of us have the right to be telling anybody that they're going to go to hell and that Satan is waiting for them and that they're sinners? That, a pri- that priest should be excommunicated and arrested for hate speech. My God, is it any wonder the churches are empty? Uh, they bullied and scared us for so long. May God forgive him 
because I won't, says Bernie on the north side. P.S. Where did the recording come from? Also, does he sound like he has a bit of an American accent? Sounds like one of those American ranters. Well, I believe that Father Sheehy did uh, practice and was a priest in America for many, many years. Where did the recording come from? Uh, initially, that recording would have come from the live stream of the Mass itself in Listall on Sunday morning. To the phone lines we go, and lots more texts on this as well. Maureen, good morning. Uh, can you hear me all right? Maureen. Okay, some problem with that phone line. I'll come back to it in a few minutes' time if you want to sort it out. Uh, a lot of other texts on it to get to between now and then. The bishop is sorry. The priest is not. It's his faith. He can believe what he likes the same way that you and I can. And what's the bishop going to do about it anyway? Uh, well, apparently, Father Sheehy said the bishop said he wasn't going to let him say any more mass. Um, he says aloud what exactly these regimes have bludgeoned into people for century and centuries. And there lies the root of all evil. Morning, Neil. Everyone has a right to say what they want. Muslim religion is the same. No gay interactions, but we won't say anything about that. Only because a Catholic priest said it about the Catholic religion, then it becomes the worst in the world, apparently. Um, I believe that priests like him need to drag themselves out of the dark ages and understand that Jesus was a lot more compassionate and caring and understanding of the human condition that he seems to think he was. Or that God is. That's very true. I often think that if Jesus, who I think was a a pretty cool dude, to be quite honest with you, I think if he were alive now, walking amongst us, I don't think he'd. I don't think he'd be any way judgmental in any way, shape, or form. I wonder would Maureen agree with that or not? Maureen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, you you agree with what Bishop she had to say, or sorry, Father she had to say? Do you? Yes, yes, I do. And why? And before I say anything, just in case he's listening, or just in case the Bishop of Kerry is listening. God bless you, Father Sheehy. And you, Bishop of Kerry, hang up your mitre. Why you say you're that? Because a heretic. Because he's a heretic. I'm listening. God forbid, God forbid, that a Catholic priest should preach the truth in a Catholic church. Now, if that was in a Hindu temple, or a Buddhist temple, or a Sikh temple, or a Muslim mosque, there would be no uproar about it. But anyway, it's not I, I, I kind of get but what you're saying. I, I kind of get what you're saying about certainly Middle Eastern, Far Eastern countries, yes, particularly at the moment. With meal. I understand with regards to the World Cup being played in Qatar and people critical of it, their rights to regard to free speech and you know women being downtrodden. There, I understand all that. But le- let us just deal with our own country and our own. I suppose. Yes, but I just wanted to get that point across. It's because it's Catholicism. But that doesn't make what he said right, surely. Yes, it does. He is preaching the teaching of the Catholic Church that has been written for centuries through all the councils. And if a priest is not allowed to preach the truth in his own church, then God help this country. What did the bishop, this, what did the bishop say? Thing, sorry, in, yeah, okay, Neil, before you go any further, yeah. this bill, this new hate speech, that's a load of crap. Why? Because we are all entitled to our opinion. That was the basis of democracy. It's the foundation of it. People having different opinions. There are many people come on radio shows, yours and any other radio show. I don't agree with what they say, but I will defend their right to say it. We well, all why, do not well, have the same opinions. Okay. Well, why don't you def- def- defend the right to a woman who wants to terminate a pregnancy? Why because don't you I defend don't the right of? It. I don't. I don't agree with abortion. 
It's wrong. It's the killing of an unborn human being. What about sex Number between one. two men or sex between two it, women? I don't, I don't approve of it, but I'm not condemning them. Well, he did. The priest, he, he did. He did not. He did not condemn them. Excuse me. He said. He, no, no. He, he said spoke it's a, out of love for them, Neil. He said it's this a mortal where, sin. He said they were no, lost. No. He said these people are, are lost. It is a mortal sin. The priest is correct, but he also, if you listen to him, he didn't condemn them. He actually spoke out of love for them. He said it's That's a mortal sin. Did. These people it are lost. You will go correct. to hell. You should he's look correct. for. You said you should look for forgiveness, and these are quotes. He, I wrote yes, down the quotes. He's correct. He's correct in what he says. I know what he said. I listened to it last night. Yeah, yeah. But I where, know exactly what the priest Where is said. the love the in correct. that? Where is the compassion? Where is the understanding? Where there is, is the plenty? There is love and compassion in exactly what he said. He is trying to stop people from damning their soul and going to hell. That but, is the teaching of our church, and. If Catholics don't like it, they are free to leave. There is nobody holding them. This is the problem. Our church is being made to bend and conform to what it preaches against. Why can't it be an all-inclusive church then, where everyone is welcome and showed respect and love? Everybody is welcome in the church. No, not if you're, only if you're straight. Uh, only no, no, if you no, don't no, have no, only no. if you don't have gender, no, no, gender no. identification issues. I know I understand that gen- transgenderism is becoming very um, divisive. I get that, uh, but you're not welcome. You're not welcome if you're gay. You're not welcome if you terminate a pregnancy for the best reasons only known to yes. you. No, no, no. You're as wrong. to why you, you terminate a pregnancy, you are welcome if you are gay, if you are celibate gay, if you have gay feeling tendencies, if you're not practicing on that. It's the sin that the church, the church is calling is, out. The church has loads of gay priests. There's an awful problem, say, in seminaries with gay, with gay seminarians. I mean, it's hypocrisy to suggest that all priests no, are straight. No, it is not hypocrisy. For a priest, Neil, stop categorizing all priests. It is not hypocrisy. For one good priest, and we have many, many good priests, it is not hypocrisy for one good priest to stand and preach the truth. This is the problem. The truth is being hidden. Nobody wants to hear the truth anymore. Okay. And it's especially in the Novus Ordo churches. I don't attend them anymore. The which? Because you will hear nothing but washy, wishy-washy sermons on Sunday. Truth is not being spoken about anymore, especially in our church. I would have thought that the Catholic Church would have, would have learned to adapt. And I think by and large it no. has. I'd say there are the few Catholic enough priests church. like him now. The, no. The we Catholic live in different church times, Maureen. not meant Maureen. to move with the world. I don't care, Neil, what times we live in. I am speaking as a practicing Catholic who knows her faith. The church is not meant to adapt it doesn't move with the world. What would you do if the you had a gay? What would same. you do if you had a gay son or daughter? What do you mean? What would I what, do? How would you? Would you love them as much? Oh, of course, I'd love them. No practicing but I gay. Tell them no, I wouldn't uh, approve. I tell them I wouldn't approve of what they're doing, and they certainly wouldn't be doing it in my house. Right, and they'd be sinners, and they're going yes, to go. You tell them? Would you tell yes, them that the would. devil yes, is waiting? I would. And that I would tell to... them exactly what I'm saying to you. Okay. And furthermore, I don't give a rat's ass. Who comes on your show after me and condemns me for speaking what I'm after saying? Because funnily anybody enough, who's condemned that priest, enough, wait fun- a minute, Neil. Hold on. Anybody who's condemned Father Sheehy, they have condemned him in the name of Christ. When Christ was on earth, he sat with sinners. He spoke with them. Just for the record. But he didn't. He didn't. But he condemned their sin. That's the difference. And, and when, when did, when did Jesus did. ever say he had a problem with gay sex? 
When did he say he'd ever a problem with it? Yeah. Maybe read the Bible. Uh, okay, good answer. I do, you can no, no, hold on a second, I'm not laughing at you. It's a good answer. You, yes, you are. No, I'm You're not. sniggered. No, yeah, and you can smirk all you like. I'm not smirking. I'm care. saying it's, I'm it's a good answer. That's all I said. That's a good answer. It is in the Bible. You read the Bible from cover to cover. How much of the Bible is written by Bible. How much of the Bible is written by Jesus Christ himself? Jesus Christ, as far as we know, never put pen to paper. Yeah. But the Bible was written by his apostles who were with him and many more okay. who were with him. Okay. That is how we get what's happening in the world. It's okay. called Okay, the word of what? the word of God. It's called the word of God. Yeah. Okay, it hold, is called the word okay. Of God, hold on yes. there. Vanessa, jump in. Good morning. How are you? Good. Um, can I just can I just say in answer to your question, never in the Bible does Jesus Himself offer an explicit prohibition on sexuality, and I have read the Bible several times. Back to back, and I've read does, different types of the Bible. Man does not lie with man. He never actually. No, he didn't man say that. Man does not lie with man. He yes, did not it say is that. in the Bible. Yes, it's, it's in, the in the Bible, but not from Jesus. Oh yes, it is from Jesus. No, it's not. All his teachings are in again. the Bible, my dear. Well, everything again. he spoke, his apostles wrote it. His, well, they wrote it that's the other thing. That's we, the other thing. Yeah, right, okay. Do you think um, that we live in different... I, do you think we for, live in when, different times now? We do. We do. Um, and when it comes to who wrote the Bibles, we don't actually know who wrote the Bibles. Um, they were written at least 70 years after the death of Jesus. So we don't actually know who wrote the Bibles. Um, and, and I think that's sad because there's a lot in the New Testament that we can take uh, guidance from. Okay. Um, what did you make like of what Father Sheehy had to say? To be honest, I think he kind of exposes the hypocrisy of the Catholic Church. Because in the, on the one hand, he talks about, um, you know, the woman who's 17-year-old, I mean, what 17-year-old is actually handing a condom to her mother and saying, look what I got from the HSE. None. Um, oh, no, I mean, but, like, why, would, why wouldn't you believe that? It, it probably did happen. A daughter came home because, with a condom given by the HSE to promote safe sex. 17-year-olds yeah. are having sex. I don't, but I don't see a 17-year-old, I don't mean to be bad, I don't see a 17-year-old running home to mammy and saying, I got a condom. Um, uh, she might do if she's an open relationship with her mother. She might. Probably. I just, I can't see it. Um, but, I mean, when, when it comes to condoms, for instance, um, the last Pope, Pope Benedict, claimed that condoms actually increased the chance of AIDS. Um, he was completely against uh, condoms being handed out in African countries where AIDS was rampant, in South African countries. Um, and so what your last caller said is actually kind of correct because what Sean Sheehy has said is what the Catholic Church preaches. And sadly, what's happening is uh, the idea of Ray Brown, um, who is a fantastic man, he's, he's genuinely a really nice man. Uh, yes, the bishop. Um, claiming that the Catholic Church is all about love and we need to respect each other and, and, and everything else. I'd love that to be the, the truth. But if you actually read the Bible, yeah, it's filled with hate. If that's the case then, Father Sheehy has not stepped out of line if he's following the narrative <laughs> handed down in the Bible. Exactly. And that's sad. That's horrible. Now, I'd, and, and to be honest, I, I'd rather someone like Father Sheehy come out and, and expose the Catholic Church for what they actually believe rather than this nitpicky of, of, oh, we love everyone. No, you don't. Like you just said, they don't love people who act on homosexual uh, tendencies. I'm bisexual. 
Um, I used to be part of the Catholic Church until I came out as bisexual at the age of 13, 14, and I was kicked out of my, uh, of my church. How did that come about? Somebody write to you? Um, you? How did that happen? I confided in the sister who was running the choir at the time. Yes. That I was having these feelings, that I was uh, confused, and I was brought up um, in in front of the two priests at the time and said that I was no longer welcome. And that wasn't all that long ago, surely? No, I'm 34. Right, okay. How do you feel about that? I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted. Because I went to Mass every Sunday, I, I believed in the Catholic Church, and yeah, it was like a rug being pulled from under me. Where's and the, this is the problem. Yeah, yeah. When, when they come out with these, um, these blanket statements, for instance, um, homosexuality is a moral sin and an act of depravity and sex is only for reproduction, what they do is, is yeah, literally they're pulling the rug out from, from people who want to believe, want a path to a better life after death or even a better life now. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gay so therefore I'm doomed. I do believe in religion and a heaven and I do believe in God but I'm finished. But I can't help how yeah. I feel at the same time. Yeah, and, and the... Um, <sighs> trying to explain it, it the, the isolation you feel from your religion and, and religion is more than just a religion, it's a community. You're being ripped away from your community because of something that you can't change. Okay, okay. Did you then, did you go, are you in a relationship now? I am. Okay. Any children? I have. I have one son who's four months. I am not married. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been told by other people, I, I saw on your Facebook there, that uh, apparently being a, an unwed parent makes me, what was the, the word that was used? Um, grossly irresponsible. Grossly irresponsible, I think they're telling me in my ear. Yeah. You're gr- you, yeah. You, you, you're in a loving relationship, you love the child you have, and you're grossly Absolutely irresponsible. Adorable. Yeah. Even though I have a good job, my partner has a good job, um, and we don't, we're not in the same area, it could be up to a month before we see each other. Um, but we love each other, we love our child, and we're making it work. Yeah, somebody got, somebody got in touch and said, if you have kids and are not married, you are grossly irresponsible as you are causing issues further down the line when it comes to things like inheritance. If marriage is yeah. seen as the Rolls Royce, why would you settle for a three-wheel car? It's yeah. an interesting thought, yeah. isn't it? And I mean, when it comes to inheritance, that's what wills are for. You know, the idea that inheritance is strictly for the, the, um, for the birth children of a couple or traditionally a man because that's you that's actually why the nuclear family in the 1800s was pushed by the catholic church why abortion was outlawed why homosexuality and it wasn't until the 1860s well no i mean no i mean no people who would be pro life would say it is the rights of the life of the unborn well those that can't speak prior for prior to the 1860s prior to the 1860s there was many in the catholic church who believed in insolment that a child was not a child until, or was not alive until the point of insolment. Okay, hold which on. was when the, the child kicked for the first time. Okay, hold on, there. hold on, there. Cleena, Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Neil. How are you? What do you make of Father Sheehy in Listol? Um, well, I suppose Father Sheehy, you know, has his opinions. But what I'm really, I suppose, concerned about is the fact that other people are listening to this and your last, um, I agree completely with the girl that spoke last, but the, the previous um, woman, 
Maureen Please says the priest, the priest is correct. God forbid he should actually preach the truth at the Catholic Church and the Bishop of Kerry should hang up his mitre that Father well, Shea well, is well, speaking the truth. Well, I'd ask her, so if the truth is limbo, where's limbo now? You're talking if about limbo is, and purgatry where people go yeah, waiting yeah, to get and to it's, They've admitted it it limbo doesn't exist. It does. So it still exists. It doesn't exist. Yes, Jesus it does. Like, did you read Vatican yes, II? Still, it still exists. And you're talking know, about the Old I, Testament. I so if you're talking about, about yeah, the yeah, Old okay. Testament, why no, did not. they release Vatican II? Why? What was the point? Why, why did they try what to change the, the... What was the point? Because they were trying to get rid of um, old stupid, ridiculous ideas that babies but, are in limbo. But hold on a second. Is this All Souls Day today? Yes. So today. isn't this it's the my day... birthday, actually. When? Today yes, is my birthday. Is it Vanessa's birthday today? Cleaner. Cleaner. Happy birthday, Cleaner. Sorry. Thank um, you. So today is the day, All Souls Day, correct me if I'm wrong, where we pray for the souls of those that are waiting to go to heaven, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. So where where are they waiting? Are they are they in limbo? Purgat- purgatory. Purgat- okay. Purgatory okay. is different to limbo. Limbo was where babies who were just born they had to wait in limbo because they didn't they didn't know whether they were going to heaven or hell or like it, it came in. Sorry, 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 could I just say there? It was absolute rubbish. The Catholic Church said that in Vatican there was a question I, I am a single mother. I am divorced. And I have a gay child. And is that my fault? So I'm going to hell. And my daughter's going to hell. And my husband had an affair. And I got divorced. And it's I'm going to hell. I mean, it's absolute nonsense. Is she going to hell, Maureen? Because she... Sorry, i got to jump in Is there. a divorced woman with a gay daughter. Is herself and her daughter going to hell? Yeah, hold on a second. A question was posed to me just earlier on about limbo. That it doesn't exist. You say it does, Dana says it doesn't. It does still exist. But what about her life? What about the her life, the life that she's living? Yeah, what about my life? Yeah. What am I going to do? Disown my daughter? Tell her she's going to hell? Nobody asked you to disown your daughter. Tell her the truth. No, but I'm not going to preach that she's going to hell because of the way she was born. And I gave birth to her. I gave birth to her. That's up to you. That's strict. That's up to you. First of all, are you Can I just ask, doesn't, doesn't, the Bible, doesn't the Bible say Catholic? Are you Catholic? Catholic? But doesn't the Bible say Catholic? people will just turn it off. You, I just want a simple answer. Are you Catholic? Yes. Right. Nobody's asking you to disown your child. Nobody's asking you to stop loving your child. Of course, that's nonsense. But you must tell your child the truth if you profess to be Catholic. I am spe- this is the teaching of our church. Sin is sin. No, what is she supposed Repent to say? To, what, what is she supposed to say that to her daughter, that you are a sinner, you need to repent of your sins, you need to live a straight life. You can't be in love with another girl. You can't gay, have sex with the same sex. Neil, sorry. Yeah. There are gay people in this world but who yeah, so they, who do, you know, do you know what, Maureen? I'm sorry now. Look, there is straight people in this world. There are straight people in this world and they do not restrict themselves because my husband had an affair 
Right? I'm quite aware. So you try telling straight people. You try yes, telling straight people to refuse them there. That do it's the not very just gay. Thing. They're still committing sin. Yeah. It makes no difference whether they're straight, gay or anything else. Yeah, but do we need to live in a world with no labels, though, where we're not judgmental or critical of people, how they live their life when really? it doesn't hurt? No, well, I'm sorry, hurt. but I'm going to be labelled plenty. By the time I mean, I do, there's, there's one thing I'm being labelled. my faith. Okay, okay. I'm not supposed to do that. Do you want to jump in, Vanessa, because I have other calls yeah, as well? Th- Yes, just real quick. There is one thing of, um, we label each other and we have uh, criticisms of one another. This is a very powerful entity in our world. This is not just another person saying, oh, yeah. I don't disagree with your choices. This is a powerful entity who have actually in this country, in this country, inflicted um, damage on our laws. And we're only now starting to repeal those laws see an end to those laws they have destroyed our country in the run up to um, in the 1980s up to the 1980s why? And now why, why have they destroyed get, it? in what way? Um, anyone that was seen as different was locked away anyone that was seen as not following their law was locked away was abused um, some were killed in those institutions this is not just a small group of people. This is a powerful worldwide entity yeah, with a lot of wealth, yeah, a lot of power. Yeah, their, 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 their voice carries weight. But, but the vast majority of priests are good priests. I know we've had paedophilic issues with priests. We've had all sorts of abuse and we've all sorts of issues with industrial schools and orphanages and asylums and mother and baby homes. I, I understand all of that. But you can't say it of all priests, for instance. And on top of that then... It is, to an extent, their club with their own rules. Yes, but they're um, trying to... Inf- hang on, they're trying to enforce their rules onto people who don't believe in their, their faith. That's the issue. But if you don't because believe in it, if you don't believe in it... Hang on, what, See, the thing what, is, you can, be Catholic, you can be Catholic and gay, you see, so you, you do yes, want to be what, part. But what Father Sheehy said was... He was talking about legislation. And he wants to see legislation come back in line with the Catholic Church. And when you bring it into the wider society, there is a wide um, range of people in this country who are not Catholic. Uh, and that's, that's one of the issues that I have a problem with. They have the power to, in, um, to impact law. This is not just a small group of a collection of, of people who have an opinion. This is a very powerful entity who, well, can, who it, can impact society in really damaging way. Well, it is a priest who didn't have the blessing of the Bishop of Kerry, Ray Brown, who apologised, said he was aware of the deep upset and the hurt that it caused. And he said, the Bishop, that the Catholic Church that he knows is not a hate-filled uh, Catholic Church. No. It is a church that is open to all, where there will be compassion and understanding. Neil, can I just interject there? This is Tina here. The reason I am still believe that I'm a Catholic and I'm part of the Catholic Church and I believe everything is there are so many good people who are open, who are, have done so much for, other, for, for mankind and gay people and rights and all that. Like The reason I'm still part of the Catholic Church it's because of those people. Okay. It's not because okay. of the hatred that this man... But then, therefore, after. without pointing fingers, Maureen would say that uh, Vanessa is a sinner because uh, you're bisexual and not married <laughs> with a child, and that Cleona's daughter is a sinner because she's gay. Isn't that what you're saying, Maureen? Gay people, I'll say it again, there are a lot of gay people, but they don't practice 
right? Gay sex. They're celibate. They're celibate gay. They're celibate. Yes. Plenty of there's, there's thousands of them there, but you don't hear, but you don't hear about those okay. people. Okay, but why should they have and to the do that? Lady, and str- and, and why the, should they have la- to struggle? Why should they have to second. struggle no, like I want, that? There's something I want to answer. Hold on. The last lady said about um, these teaching and views being imposed on people. Right? That that's not the case at all. It but is. what is the case is? Oh, hold on a second. What is the case is that views are being imposed on me, and I'm supposed to accept them. No, I suppose you're asked, I to, you're asked no, to have some compassion have and understanding. Oh, yes, that is the truth, because this is what this hate bill speech is about. No, but a bit of you compassion and understanding. Like me, Neil, the like of me, Neil, if this passes, will not have a voice. And you know that, and everybody else knows oh, it. Oh, well, you had a voice this morning to air your opinions, and yes, I thank you for it. Yes, because okay. this bill isn't in. And I, yeah, oh, but and nobody. I know, and I, well, thank you. I do thank nobody, you for having me on. Nobody, nobody's preaching about, about gay people from the pulpit. Nobody's preaching that everyone has, has to right accept. To preach the truth in his ca- in the Catholic Church. He has the right. To, uh, he right. has the right okay. not to incite hatred. Okay. He is not inciting hatred. He spoke with love he and is. compassion. Okay, thank and you for that. And maybe go back and listen to the tape again. No need to. Well, we I played it already. I, I People have an opportunity to. Well, you, 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 you have formed all your own opinions. You have taken bits and pieces of it. The priest had the right to do it, and every priest in this country should be standing up and saying the same thing in their church. Well, maybe they, they have might the have right a different understanding of their flock or their parishioners or the people that they know. They Straight, haven't. gay, they're divorced. Pandering, they're pandering to a minority. Okay, it's, okay. Do you know, right. do you know okay. what, Maureen? I hope your life is blissful because you've no clue. My life is blissful. You're living in the clouds. You're feet. living in the clouds, girl. All right. No, no, I'm clouds. not. Okay, thank I'm you for that. I'm the word of Christ. And right. Viva Cristo Rey. Hold on there, hold on there. Thank you both. Thank you. I love three of you, actually, Kalina, uh, and also Vanessa and Maureen. We've got text and comments. Text 0868 104 106. Pick up the phone on 0818 104 106. And good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay. I you... just want to speak to that lady there called Maureen. She's preaching there about the Catholic Church and what they're doing and what they're not doing. Well, I'll tell you something. If there's a hell there, there won't be any room for any of Catholics going there because all the priests and the nuns will be there. Mm. Why do you say that? Because why? There's a lot of children after being ruined from priests and from the nuns. I think it's a disgrace that she's on this morning well, preaching about priests. Yeah. Maybe if there is a heaven and a hell, there will be some nuns and some priests there. But not all. I wonder... I wonder, I'm 73 years and I dealt with nuns. I'm telling you now, it was unbelievable. Are you talking about cruelty, is it? I'm talking about cruelty, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. When you were a child? When I was a child, I mean, my sisters were children. I know what nuns are, and I'm telling you something now. I have no mass whatsoever. On them. Yeah. And I have no people that was interfered by priests and there was nothing done about it. Yeah. So she'd want to keep her mouth shut now and carry on the way she's going. She'll definitely go to heaven anyway. Yeah, yeah. But again, and I'm sorry for what happened to you and for family members, but again, that wouldn't be all priests nor all nuns. Well, Neil, I feel this way now, boy, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you the truth now, seriously. Nuns and priests are all the same to me. Yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. All right, girl. Thanks for that. Text Thank 0868 104 106. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Interesting. Texas said I had radio carry on today and the feedback from the general public is in support of the priest. Isn't that quite interesting? Uh, this is the same priest that led a crowd of five of 50 good citizens into Listowel Court in 2009 and shaked the hand of a convicted sex offender. Uh, offender. He also gave evidence in the defence of a verdict and went on radio the following morning calling it a miscarriage of justice. Um, that's interesting actually because the papers, the papers actually pick up on that as well. As part of the article that was written this morning, it said that 13 years ago, Father Sheehy support, supported convicted sex offender Danny Foley and gave him a witness statement. 35-year-old Foley was convicted in 2009 of sexually assaulting a 22-year-old woman uh, on the morning of June 16th in a car park car park at the back of a nightclub in the centre of Listowel. He got a sentence of seven years in prison with the two years final suspended. Uh, And at that stage, uh, Father Sheehy supported the convicted sex offender. Um, I'll dig out some more information regarding that uh, court case between now and midday because I think there are some other aspects of it that people are texting about that I just need to check. But John, good morning. Morning, how are you? Uh, Radio Kerry, um, feedback from the general public, support of Father Sheehy. What would you make of that? Well, look, um, in the setting, I can see, like, I mean, you could say, you know, that this hate speech now has been thrown around again and this bill has gone through the door, right, for Helen McEntee. Did he have the right to say it in the setting? Yes, he had. Should he have said it? 100% not. For the simple reason, his own emotional intelligence need should have kicked in. Now, what about the life Because, to, like, I mean, you know, I'm pro-life, you know, that I mean, yeah, in but it. it's a sin believe, in his eyes. Yeah, abortion, abortion, termination. Well, I, yeah, well, I believe that he was right. Abortion is more like that. That's what I, I believe in. Seven hundred twenty-three thousand people have voted against this. But like, when you straight in into them, here there's been people, whatever. Like, I mean. that was just hurtful. Like, uh, he should have left that out of it. And because the last time I looked. I mean, Belvian Church is only up the road for me. The Lock Church is only up the road. The way they cross the side in Toker, I can go to any of the three churches. Last time I looked, Neil, there was no signs of there saying no gays or lesbians allowed in here. Everyone but could a gay couple or a lesbian Christ. couple get married in any of those churches? Well, well, that's the thing, you see. Like, that's, I can't ever see... I can't ever What's see the that answer happening. to that, though? It's no, isn't it? Well the, well, the answer is no, not in the church. What I mean, like, I mean, it's legal now in the law of the land, which I actually voted for because as a Christian, I voted in compassion because I said, look, I want people, we only passed this way once, I want people to be happy. So that's why I voted in favour of it that time. I knew, I knew them well that the church would never go there, but as regards the law of the land, um, that's why I voted the way I did. Now, the whole thing about it, um, there was a lot of comments being thrown around there about, you know, no, that you won't be able to get into hell because... It'll be full of nuns and priests. Nuns. Well, I'll just throw three n- n- names into the equation there, right? Uh, uh, Father Peter McFerry, he's given his whole life, like him, to walk with the homeless and the poor. Sister Stannis Last Kennedy. Brother Crowley, who was returned to West Cork now, was feeding a thousand people a week, like him in... Uh, even during the Celtic Tiger, he was feeding people, right? Yeah, but you so, see, I mean, she lives with the nightmares of what happened to her and her brothers and sisters as children. I understand all that. But I mean, the thing is, as I said, look, this is the church, look, the church is just a building. And if the people stop going, there will be no churches. The churches will just close. But aren't people, are, people, people are stopping going, aren't they? They might tick the box. They might be a la carte Catholics or non-practicing Catholics or lapsed Catholics, but... 
They take 87%, say, Catholic, I believe, but imagine the figure that actually goes to Mass is a fraction of that. Well, this is the whole thing. I know that the, the Mass has fallen off I mean, yeah. compared to what it was in the past. But maybe some of those are parents of gay sons and daughters who just don't believe that the Catholic teaching is relevant anymore. Well, I said there were a lot of people that came in. It's just the fact that they're just kind of stuck going, simple as that. I mean, it just... Uh, it, 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 you know, if compared to the, we said their parents' time or their grandparents' time, things were different, right? And oh, but sure that's not fair not. to say. People are smart enough to. It's not that they're lazy or don't kind of get bed on Sunday morning. It's that the vast majority of them just don't believe it's for them anymore. The doctrine doesn't suit their lives, or doesn't well, well, they, they, make they sense to them. They took that decision, obviously. They came in and it waned over the years. Right? But there's still a hell of a lot of people who go to mass right around the country, and there's still a lot of people. Like as I said, there, there, there were 723,000 people voted for pro-life. So that's a hell of a lot. No, but that doesn't like, mean that those that voted pro-life are religious. No, because, I mean, like, this is the thing was, I said, like, I mean, I will never can, can come down on this side of saying that, you know, gay and lesbian people shouldn't go to mass or shouldn't be respected. Uh, of course they should. Because when we were in the marches and I was in Dublin, we got to know a lot of people through the water campaign in Dublin. And some of the people were gay. And they match right next to me for pro-life, like I mean. So just because you're gay, like in the other call that someone had you on, you swear they were the devil incarnate. I mean, they're good and decent people just like ourselves, only they have a different sexual orientation. Like, And look, they have to be respected. And as I said, the last time I looked, there's no signs outside the church saying you're not welcome. Okay, why, you, why do you have an issue, incidentally, with the, with the, uh, with the hate crime bill? Well, there's two things, right? Um, and for people that don't crime, know it, it to, to, to characterise a hate crime would be anything that we've said against somebody's race, colour, mm-hmm. nationality, religion, ethnic or national origin, sexual orientation, gender. So the issue here is gender expression and identity. So all of this well, will be included. Yeah, there's two parts of this bit. There's the hate crime and then there's the hate speech, right? So the, let's deal with the hate crime first. We'll say if somebody, you know, if, if, if it can be proved, right, and you get in front of a judge that somebody was regarded as a hate crime, if it's a person's race, colour, their sexual orientation, whatever, right? But we'll say if somebody breaks in next door to the house you know, and there's a, we'll say a person of a different race there, and that comes out in the, that, that it was a racial crime, like right? I mean, that to the hate crime, right? That person then will get a longer sentence in the court compared to the person that would break into my house and beat me up, right? But the person that beats up the person of colour uh, because of their religion or uh, because of their sexual orientation. I don't right? know anything about it, the length of the sentence. I don't think oh, about yeah, that. you will. You will. You, you'll get the, they'll be, they'll be uh, considered a, an, um, a higher sentence and will be considered and, and imposed. And so to me, that can't be a level playing pitch because, like, I mean, the way I look at it, Neil, a crime is a crime is a crime. No, but if, it's motiv- if, that, if the assault is motivated or the break-in is motivated and that particular person is identified and singled out to have crime against them because of their colour, that's, well, the, well, that, that's uh, what uh, this uh, bill is specifying. I, I don't agree with the that. Motivation, the motivation, the prejudice the, against the person. The, 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 cri- the cri- crime affects all of us, like, I mean, so like, just because you're of a colour or something, like, why should you, the person then involved in that that's just brought before the courts get a higher sentence than the person, then that beats me, gets a, uh, up, gets a lower sentence, right? Now, as a girl, but you can't have speech. hate speech then. You can't be going around shouting abuse at people as they're walking down the street well, 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 because well, they're well, holding hands with another man. 
Yeah, well, I don't agree with that. But the thing is, they can be, when I'm worried about that, they can be extended out and they could even impact in the likes of your show. Well, I listened to the conversation before I came on down over people were having steps off each other. Uh, are we going to see the day like talk shows like yours? I mean, uh, are going to be kind of uh, muzzled? I mean, like we'll say, if, I, if you walk up to a politician and you say to him he's a disgrace, I mean, he's a traitor to republicanism, will that be put down as hate speech? Like, I mean, well, that's a grey area. Okay, that's a grey area. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm worried about. That's right. the extended oath. Okay. All right. Thanks, John. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Indeed. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Jackie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay. Big response to this. Um, what do you make of the fact that... Yeah. Which, which side would you come down on? Well, I tell you what, Neil. I'll be honest with you. I'm not here now to preach about any any sides whatsoever or take part in anything. Okay. But what I'm on and about is um, I pray. I don't go to Mass. I stopped going to Mass a long, long time ago because of the likes of the attitude, I'll be honest, from the woman you were down earlier on with her brimstone and fire and the nudging at the top of the altar when the girl would walk in and, you know, where was she last night? And where, you know, all that carry-on that went on in the church. So I stopped going to church a long time over that. Mm-hmm. Connie Shorten, that goes on inside the church. Mm, the Connie but Shorten, pray, what's that? Like the, the hypocrisy, the gossip, the yeah, backbiting. The, you know, the gossip. Yeah. So, like, the, Neil does not a night now I don't go to sleep without praying for the holy souls, without praying for the sick, the poor, the homeless. I genuinely pray for them every night of the week. So to me, I am a Christian person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't have to go to mass to be a Christian person. No, you don't have to go to mass. And in my to be a eyes, person. we need we need the youth back. We need them to believe in prayers. We need them to pray. You know what I mean? We need them to believe in something. Because if you've nothing to believe in, Neil, you know that's where things go wrong. No screaming and roaring at a pulpit. Uh, uh, you know all this brimstone and fire stuff. I mean that's ridiculous. But young people, young people have little enough to believe in in this country. That's what I mean. Like, we need them to believe. They were, but they they want to see reality at work, not a notional God or a, a, a Bible or the, the preaching of something that's two thousand years old. They they yes, want they right. want they they want to be assured of a career, a happy life, to be able to get a good job, to be able to have uh, fun in their youth, to be able to yes. buy a house or afford rent. Of course they do. And they're quite entitled to it. They're young, they're young people. They should enjoy themselves. They should be all about enjoyment, not about the shouting and roaring. But you're not going to get them to believe in what they're being asked to believe if they're told that homosexuality is a sin, of course, contraception, of will, you'll go to hell. They, they're just not. No, you see, they have to work with them. They have to work with the youth of today. Like we, I'm from the Holly Hill area. We had a beautiful priest up here one time for the past. And they loved him. The youth loved him. You know, the youth talked to him and you know, he communicated properly with him. It's all about communication. But on that side of it, I said what I had to say on that side. The other side of it, Neil, is I'm saying here, I have three grandchildren inside the front of my mind and out this morning. It is torrential outside. There's a storm out there. They're on it, but we're looking after our souls, right? Yeah. Why is all the churches locked? Why aren't our homeless, Neil, inside in them churches? 
And there's no, like, there's no coming back on me saying, but how can we maintain them? We've maintained factories. We've maintained schools through force workers. Some schools, some churches are open. St. Peter and Paul's, I've been no, in there once or twice. No, they're not open to the homeless. I've seen homeless people in there. Unfortunately, oh, well, I've also, seen, I've also seen drug deals going on in there, unfortunately. But you see, that's where, that's where then, like, the people that, you know, want to do fee schemes, that's where all these people come in pay the people as well as their dole, leave them security, have loads of security in the churches, have loads of cleaners in the churches. Do you understand So me? you want to we know why it. the priests or the parishes and those that work well, in the... Well, their doors are locked and doors people are on the street. Okay, okay. If they're worried about our souls, why aren't they worried about the people's bodies? I mean, there was a very bad storm there last night, Neil. Mm-hmm. Only for what I call is our street angels that go out every night of the week in the lashing rain, hail and snow, and feed our homeless. They're our heroes. Let me get a couple of texts on this side of 11. Thank okay, you. Please. Passionate view. Fair play, Jackie. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I believe the priests like him need to drag themselves out of the dark ages and understand that Jesus was a lot more compassionate and caring and understanding of the human condition that he seems to think he was. Uh, or that God actually is. Uh, abhorrent comments from a person whose religion covered up abuse and paedophilia for decades, a lot longer than decades. The absolute cheek to tell clergy about sins. It's absolutely sickening. To have your identity or your relationship described as a mortal sin, hard to believe. To describe the promotion of safe sex as the promotion of promiscuity, as if giving someone a condom is an instruction to go out and have sex, it is not the same. Uh, I know we put the clocks back at the weekend, but I didn't realise it was to 1901. Uh, sin ain't got no shelf life. What was sin in the days of Moses and David and Jesus is still a sin today. Jesus is the answer. Uh, I never thought that I would be in such agreement with the Roman Catholic Church as I am with Father Sheehy. And one more. At least it's a man voicing his opinions when it seems all around me are people just unwilling to voice theirs openly. But yet secretly, their voice is one of disgust at the trans movement in particular. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Back after 11. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Uh, Christmas morning a few years ago in a church in East Cork, the priest felt that it was the most appropriate time to highlight the pro-life agenda. He mentioned a woman who was on the radio. She was told there was a fatal fetal abnormality and the best course was to terminate the pregnancy. He then went on to say, and I quote, wasn't she great? She didn't listen to them. Now we all have our own opinions, but to preach from the pulpit like that on a Christmas morning, I felt was a bit too much. Uh, The same morning was wet, wild and windy. And the church was dark and cold. So you can imagine it only added to the atmosphere. Uh, some more texts to 0868104106. How can the church call anyone sinners when they're top of the list? They live in grandeur on the backs of the wealth that they got from us. The people for centuries just look at the Vatican with wealth beyond belief. If you want to see how screwed up Christianity is, just remember that Christ himself wasn't a Christian. He was Jewish. That shows how hypocritical it is, says Paddy. Here we go again, putting another religious nutter on the air. Same last week with racists all over your radio program. It's not about that, actually. Um, You know, it's about people having a point of view. uh, And it's about hearing what people have to say. 
you don't have to agree with them, but I certainly believe that people have to be heard, even if you don't agree with them. What kind of a world would we live in where people... Now, I mean, there are hate issues that you don't allow on air, but points of view that you don't agree with must be heard. What kind of a world would we live in if people had opinions that were banned, that they were not allowed to speak, that they were driven underground all on the basis that maybe the majority don't necessarily agree. I don't believe that's healthy myself. Uh, That woman has a good point, Maureen. She is stating what the Catholic Church believes. It just doesn't fit in the modern narrative. Uh, The difference between the Lord of the Rings and the Bible is we know who wrote the Lord of the Rings, but they are both works of science fiction. And somebody then actually sends me the quote from the book of Leviticus. It's the Old Testament. It was written B.C. and it said... Uh, This is before Christ ever walked on the planet. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. If a man also lied with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. It's interesting. Uh, Suffering exists. Hellish suffering exists. Heavenly abodes exist. Uh, The fall of human consciousness is the root of all of our problems. Uh, As in, there is a heaven, there is a hell, and how we dictate our own lives will decide where we go. Uh, The Bible was written after Christ died. Um, It's according to Christ, not fact-based. Imagine heaven was full of women like Maureen. Uh, I'd rather go to hell, says Jer. Another person says the Bible that she has read is not and has not been written by Jesus, his apostles, or any other fictitious characters. The real Bible is in the Vatican vaults and has never been read or shown to the general public. The current Bible, like the Catholic Church, is a mishmash of all other faiths and beliefs with topics picked to suit a chaotic agenda. A lot of faith is plagiarized. Um, One blatant example was Jesus wasn't born in December, he was born in April. We celebrate his birth in December. This was changed to compete with paganism, a pagan festival. Um, paganism was huge in Europe so the Catholic faith changed to compete against it. Communion comes from loads of other faiths and is based upon many faiths that used cannibalism as part of their faith furthermore can I say Sunday was never the day of practicing faith, it was an Egyptian feast day um, the feast of a god called Ra uh, and it was popular, so the Catholic Church changed to compete and just one or two more, God's laws don't change, full stop God hates the sin but loves the sinner. Hell is real. And Father Sheehy is trying to tell us what awaits us after death. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Yep. Cork's Red FM. I'll come back to it again. I see lots of texts coming in and I will revisit it again. But I just want to jump around to some other stories that we have been dealing with. One had to do with um, the... Uh, amount of litter and junk that was left in the city after the bank holiday weekend, particularly overnight. And I, I get that. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that those that are cleaning our cities for us, and a lot of the time they're doing it in the middle of the night or very early in the morning, go without the recognition that they deserve. If you've ever been in the city early in the morning, you'll you'll see uh, people working. And by the time eight or nine o'clock in the morning comes around, it's pristine. But in the early hours of the morning, so much junk is left from people parting. I'm in work, so I can't come on air, but perhaps you'll read out the text. The city was so messy by the end of the night on Sunday that it was absolutely sad to walk amongst it. 
and it isn't that there's a lack of bins either. I wasn't alone, but nonetheless kept looking over my shoulder, thinking I could be the next target of antisocial behaviour. I saw two Garda cars, but that was about it. But anyway, a shout out to anyone in City Council who has to deal with this. Uh, it was also amazing to see the live music on Oliver Plunkett Street and the great vibes. But with the amount of people, I guess we can only expect that kind of mess. And um, I, I got some photograph attachments then of it. And it's by and large, primarily fast food junk and fast food waste. Uh, I don't know as if the people are so out of their heads that they just think it's okay to stand up and walk off and leave it behind. But that's clearly what hap- what's happening. By and large, it is recyclable waste. But there it sits. And particularly bad photographs from around the Dawn Square area, which is a complete and utter mess. But by the time a lot of us wake up or go about our business, go into the city, all of that has been cleaned up, of course. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Just a fast one then from a resident in a housing estate up around Redemption Road. I'm in my new home less than 12 months now with two very young kids, but in recent weeks, nearly every second night, there are cars being driven in our estate. They mount the adjoining wasteland here in the estate, and then when they're finished, they just burn them out. I'm being told by neighbours that up to yesterday, there were seven cars uh, left there. It's wasteland adjoining Gwaleskull Peg Sayers. It's where cars go to be burnt out. Uh, one evening at 7pm, while the kids were still out playing, a car enters the estate, mounts the wasteland, crashes 50 metres away from one of the young kids. To be fair, I've been told that the guardie and the fire brigade were on the scene quickly last night, but there are a lot of exits for these young boys to run through and get away. 7 o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening, with so many kids still out playing, I could have been walking with my kids in the buggy. I know that contact has been made in recent weeks with the housing developer and local TDs. And now with Halloween and midterm, will it be safe to even get out with my young kids with the buggy any day or night? I'm fearful and I'm sure a lot of others in estates are feeling the same. And that by email to neil at redfm.ie. It comes on the back actually of at least three calls yesterday morning of hit and runs where people were hit by cars that stopped and drove off or didn't stop at all. Keep those coming. Text 0868 106. Back to the phone lines we go. Liam, good morning. How are you, Liam? How are you? Are they your photos, incidentally, the ones yeah. that I got here? There's one of them particularly yeah. of Dawn Square and then another one uh, looks like... Um, Street and, Castle uh, Street? Yeah. When were yeah. they taken? I was on uh, Sunday night or Monday morning. <laughs> Can you imagine the work that council staff do? Because that, that's all gone by the time people wake up or go about yeah. a business at nine o'clock in the morning. It's hard to believe like, so much waste. Yeah, and nobody realises, or no one even thinks about what the council are doing in the mornings. I mean, you come in and the next thing you know, it's clean. And I've never seen it like that for a long time because I've yeah, never yeah. seen go out. Yeah, the the only upside to it is that there were so many people in the city spending money uh, and yeah. enjoying themselves. But this is the downside to it. If there was big skips, you know, the big huge skips on wheels with the lids yeah, yeah. open, do you think people would use them? I, I don't even think so because so many people make a mess and then next person comes along, oh, there's a mess here, I might as well put it here. When it starts, of course, it just gives other people the red light or the yeah. green light to just oh, leave yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when they're when they're off their head, drunk at that stage two in the morning I think nobody's going to look for a brown skip well one, one area one area is outside McDonald's do McDonald's have a responsibility to clean up their own junk um I don't know maybe but they're so they're so busy inside they're 
that night. And like, yeah, but it's they're, it's, they're it's their waste. Like they they sold it. Does their responsibility end there? I'm asking. I don't know. It's probably part partly their responsibility, but I think more so to the students that are eating it. I don't and see they, I don't see any bins around where all of that junk was left. Though, oh so. no, I didn't, I didn't either. There's yeah. no bins around there. Yeah, the bins, the bins are all on Oliver Punkin Street and Grand Parade. There's a couple of bins there. I know, I know. I but know. E- even there's bottles on top of the bins, and you can just open the bin. I'm like, uh, how was how was? But apart from that, were you in the city over the weekend? I know, just just on the Sunday. Good fun. It, it, was, it was it was it was cool to see everybody out enjoy themselves especially when people are out on the street busking and even even in the rain they were still busking and people were still dancing around them when the videos are showing yeah yeah the jazz bands yeah. and it was it was cool you could just walk around and not even have to go into pubs but you could still listen to the music and free on the streets outside. yeah I saw yeah. some great photographs and videos yeah but then, I was, but then I was also aware of all the antisocial behaviour throughout I was like am I next am I going to be the next one on why did you Why did you feel that way? I don't know. It's just because there's been so many stories recently of all these attacks and random attacks in the peace park and whatever. And I was like, I could be next. You never know. Did you witness anything, and, though? No, no. Thankfully not. Well, that's but, good. Yeah. So I, I was sort of aware of the fact that I was like in town alone sometimes. So you were apprehensive. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine what it must be like for... Like a single young lady or whatever, and I actually I was with some friends as well. But yeah, if, you I were, think if it, you're alone in the city at night, hearing all this stuff, I'm like yeah, <laughs> you need to be on your guard. Fair play. Okay, yeah, thanks. I, I only only saw a couple of guardian uh, cars that went through that throughout the night. So it would be it would be better if there was a bit more security, but a bit more guard of presence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Appreciate oh, it. Thanks all. for the photographs and the video as well. Um, work in the city every day. The open drug dealing going on is crazy. I watch some scummy. Oh, this is terrible to say things like this, but anyway, I watch some drug user queuing up to buy off a dealer the other morning on Patrick Street, nine o'clock in the morning. If you park your van illegally or no tax display, you'll get a parking fine, no problem. If you don't pay, you'll end up in court. But selling or taking drugs doesn't seem to be punishable because there is so much paperwork, I suppose, and then free legal aid for a judge not to impose a proper sentence or a fine, says Jonathan. Back to the phone lines we go. Vince, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good, my man. What have you got for me? How are they all down uh, Bishopstown Way? Good, good. I was just listening to your comments on the, on the litter, and it, it, it effectively comes back to respect. And we have similar issues in Bishopstown in the last, few weeks. I suppose if people are drunk or they're merry or they're off their heads or whatever, the last thing on their mind is bringing their fast food junk home with them. Well, I I don't know about you or me. I'm just looking at myself. I never threw rubbish on the ground. I always threw it in the bin or else I took it home. Yeah. Forever and ever. And I think there's a lot of people like me. They just would not literally rubbish on the ground. Yeah, but if you, you know, don't provide we the receptacles um, or they're full or their junk is just falling out of them, you know. Many many of the um, uh, takeaway uh, places should have more bins and definitely have a more of a responsibility towards it. I don't think they are they being charged enough for bins and all that. That's where the rubbish is coming from. Texter is saying, though, Mitchell says, why would, why would people show respect to the streets when the city has been left to the junkies? What do you expect? I sat in the park a few weeks ago yep. to enjoy the sun, 
the longer I yeah. sat there, the more I noticed the drug dealing going on by foreign gangs just on the one side of the fence. If the guards yeah. and the council see no problem with it, who are we to complain? Yeah. There's many people like me, I think, that on a normal weekend, people now are avoiding the city because of all of the issues. But inherently, it comes back to respect. And I'll give you a couple of examples in Bishopstone in the last few weeks, you know, and the last couple of months, of where I see things that never happened here in my time living in 40 years. Um, the Irish Kidney Association are developing very badly needed housing across the me. We didn't object to it because of the nature of it. It's a home away from home for people for going for dialysis. Yeah. So the, the concept is good, but it's removing the residential into a different... It's like it's a, it, it, the, the estate is zoned as residential. We didn't object. The job went ahead in August, and right across the way from me, we had a skip taken up two or three car park spaces since the 27th of August. The spaces near the hospital, which is 200 metres away from my house, are used by nurses, doctors, people visiting people who are dying. I see it uh, very regularly from COVID. Since COVID, I've noticed the number of people who park outside and come back up distressed just having lost one, lost somebody, their mother, their, you know, or whatever. Why are they parking and there? Also, they, do they not use the car parks in the hospital? No, they're, they're always full. All right, okay. They're always full. And as well as that, it's an easy access point. No, it is a disparking zone. So you're only but hold, hold on a second. Is this about giving grief about a skip parked on a in a in a parking That's right. space? That's right. When people yeah, haven't got skip- when people can't turn on their heating or haven't got food to feed their children or don't know whether they'll be able to afford Christmas for God's sake. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But so let's get it in perspective. It's a skip. Yeah, and it's the the, the the inherent point about this is that the skip is taking up the space of hugely important people going into the hospital. How, in, in, I checked this. In other countries, you're allowed two weeks for a skip. And in Holland, it's 200 a day if you're beyond two weeks. If you get a skip on a Monday, you'll be filled by Friday. I do the same. Most people do. How is it that people are allowed leave a skip in a hugely important area? I see it at first hand, people rushing into the hospital and they need car park spaces. My inherent point here is, here is an example of a total lack of respect for the neighbourhood, for the people working in the hospital, for the people visiting the hospital, and people visiting hugely important car park spaces. And when I asked, uh, when was it being removed, I was told, none of your business. But were you actually told that, none of your business? Yeah. yeah, I asked for it to, to be removed, and it's the 28th of August, and I think it might be going this week because maybe they got wind that I was uh, very annoyed about it. Yeah. But, like, the 28th of August, how can you leave a skip on the road? Uh, it's hugely important area. Okay, I understand, just, I understand what you're saying, and I also understand yeah. that people might say that I might see this as a first-world problem, but only until somebody puts a huge, big, massive skip outside my front door on the 27th of August and leaves it there. Maybe I'd be raging over it then, do you think? Yeah, bring it on to another. Uh, uh, bring it on to another area. Twenty-two trees that were there for fifty, sixty years in the front of the hospital, giving great coverage and uh, green in an era when we're promoting biodiversity and caring for the environment. Even without planning, I don't think they come along on a Saturday and Sunday and chop them down. Were they the diseased? Same, 
this thing, this story that they put out, the only person to question this was Colette Finn. This thing that they were diseased is a lot of bunkum. And the story they put out was that they, the, the trees were end of life. I rang two or three tree experts and they all said there's no such thing as end of life in a tree. Not if there's leaves are, growing on it. And who cut, them, who cut them all down, these, uh, these trees? The, the trees were cut down by... Uh, they appointed somebody. I reckon the job cost thousands of euros. If you're ever if you're ever out, you'd be worth, worth watching. Some of the medics in the hospitals thought it was a disgrace because the, the trees and the whole greenery of the front taken away a patient's to be out now at nothing. Yeah, I know. And I know. What you're looking at is ugly buildings. Uh, I think first of all, did they get planning to take them down? Did the council give them planning? Is there a planning for taking down trees? The Irish Kidney Association took down a tree that was one of the most beautiful trees inside in Bishopstown. But I'm sure they didn't do any down. of that illegally. They must have had to do it with permits and what have I, I, I don't think there is. There's definitely no planning uh, or laws in relation to cutting down trees. Right. People are cutting down trees willy-nilly everywhere. Everywhere. I th- if you look at the front of the CUH now alongside the bus shelter, it's like... It's, it's for all the world like the place was raped, you know. And there was no notice given to people around the area. It was just done on a Saturday or Sunday. First of all, I'd like to know, are they going to reinstate and plant some trees? These trees were personal to you, weren't they, in tougher days? They were indeed. And I, I always use trees at a time when... It's, it's amazing, those trees, when I went off to the drink back, back 10 or 11 years ago, at night when I get mine for drink, I used to go for a walk. And I used to actually walk up and down under them trees uh, regularly because what I do find, even going out to farm wood or whatever, stand under a tree, it was a, a guy one night in an AA meeting said, it calms you down. And nothing could be, it's, it's wonderful yeah. to stand under the tree. And I used to walk up and down there alongside A&E and uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Even So those trees kept the, you to keep your life on track and keep your, you know, your... But it's hugely well, important, trees. And you, you come back you come back to the litter thing and respect. Just take a look in the last week, the wonderful work in West Cork. Take a, a shining example to everybody. Ross Carberry and Clonakilty winning the Tidy Towns. Uh, the, the pictures that were up on the, the, the presentation night of Ross Carberry were absolutely incredible. No, I, and, I, I understand that, but you see, and, somebody and goes I, into the you, city, I go into the city much, a lot more regularly now, um, and uh, there's a day goes by that I'm not in a car park where there's somebody um, out of their head on drugs on the stairway, yeah. or I'm yeah. stopped, or people are standing in front of me like the walking dead looking for change. I know their misfortunes and then the throws of very heavy addiction, uh, but it, yeah. it's it, it, it's not all that pleasant, really. You, you see an awful lot of people. I uh, saw, so, you know, saw some guardy actually. I'm yeah. not going to say much more about this, apart from the fact that the, the, if, the if you think that there's not undercover guards working in the city, then you're wrong. They are. They are. They're working yeah. undercover. I saw them yesterday. The drug addiction issue is not being addressed at all, anyway. Like, it, it, I think you uh, discussed this before. Should there be a place in the city where they can go? That's one issue. And the other thing I can never get over, why people are allowed drink in front of the courthouse Tuesday and Thursday night and the Gardaí don't move them on, you know? And it comes back to that. That comes back to policing. Because you imagine trying to move all those people on. There are so many of them. And incidentally, incidentally, apart from the fact that they're drinking, they're just having a good Mm. time. They're not doing any harm to anybody. Yeah, that's... 
like it comes back to policing. What do you want? Like you don't want to see if you're a tourist coming in from and people. Like I, I know of several people walking in Apple and they're abhorred by the behaviour in the city. They're, some of them are afraid. Okay, like here's, young people in their twenties. They, they don't. They're not used to. They, they come up from a different culture, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You they're, know, they're that's, coming from Europe, exactly. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's but, that's but, not our problem if we have a bit more crack than them, or if kids gather on the no. street and have a bit of a party. Yeah. I, I don't like I don't like litter. I don't like anti-social behaviour. I don't like disrespect. And it's a creeping virus across society, in every aspect of society. That's what I find. Okay. You know, okay. Uh, like, you know, personal remarks, you, lack of respect for the environment. Like, you look at Europe today, 30 degrees in Europe, you know? Like, if, if, like if you don't believe in global warming and you're, you know... I think yeah. people probably do believe in it, but they also have more important uh, issues in their lives than global warming right now, I would think. Kate says, I, bought my, my, I brought my daughter to the city before her communion um, to get her last few bits and bobs. And she asked me, could we leave after an hour and just go to Mahan Point? She saw two people out of their heads fighting in front of us. One fell into her in Merchant's Quay. And up at Dawn Square, there was another group screaming and fighting. And one fellow was rolling around the ground, clearly off his face. Scumbags acting the big one genuinely frightened her. I haven't gone back to the city since. And I used to love bringing them in for a treat. They don't want to go either, says Kate. So uh, we've kind of surrendered the city, haven't we? I, I, I think as well, if you look back, if you look back on the whole year of this year, and you look at behaviour and you'd have to say COVID definitely had an impact on people. Like people went, like when they went to gigs and different things, they went at it wild because they were out of action for a long time. And I think uh, there isn't a doubt in my mind that COVID has a huge psychological and mental uh, mental health effect mm. on people. Mm. Yeah, without any... like and. You I don't think they're off their heads on cocaine, no, or, or tablets or amphetamines well, or ecstasy. Yeah, it's, got wor- it's got worse. It's got worse. I know all about addiction, like you know, and it's like the whole drug thing has got way worse. We know that, but I think COVID has had has had an an impact, you know. And uh, if you look at my story and look at ten or fifteen years, like I I hate to see it because I know how difficult. It can, to come back from uh, yeah. to come back from addiction is is or to come back from it, it takes an awful long time. But I still think people should people should look at it like you know. But the big thing, right. you know, it's grand to say you can blame the COVID and all that. But it comes back to I think uh, in people I see it a lot. People, human behaviour and lack of respect. That's a huge to me. Like in relation, just to recap, in relation to the skip in my road. Uh, a road that I always kept since COVID. That's a lack of respect it, it, to the residents down there, you believe. Yeah, and, it flies and I've in the done face a lot of work there. Okay. Right, up and, down, and there's people. And it's a lack of respect by cutting down trees okay. in front of CUH without consultation. And it's a lack of respect throwing rubbish on the ground. Okay, you know? all right. Yeah. Thanks, Vincent. Appreciate it. Stay in touch. We also spend your thoughts. So welcome on that text 0868104106. We were talking earlier on about the fact that if you don't want the double payment of children's allowance, you should give, give it back. And then others were suggesting that it should be means tested anyway. 
because there are many that can't af- don't need it and can well afford to be without it. Like somebody said yesterday, accountants, doctors, lawyers and dentists. So Siobhan says that lady who said that accountants and dentists should not be in receipt of the 200 euro towards their energy bills or indeed a double children's allowance will want to open our eyes. People in these professions are paying hundreds in tax every month. I'm quite sure it's more than hundreds which helps to support those on social welfare in the first place. Are they not entitled to something back from what is effectively their money? Or does it have to be take, take, take from the taxpayer always? One more on that. Let's face it. Uh, people won't work for minimum wage. The welfare is too good. Now people will say, ah, it's only €203 euro a week. It's not. When you add the HAP, which makes it a total of 371 a week, when you add medical cards and all the other entitlements. This country seems to reward people the longer they're on welfare. It should be the other way around. Some of those rewards include fuel allowance. You only qualify after 18 months. Um, can you clarify, please, if the ESB payment is going direct to the ESB account or into the bank, says Dennis. Uh, off your bill. Off your bill, not into the bank. I'm open to correction on that, but in the past it was off your bill. Back after the break, we've got calls on the way. Winner of two golds at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Talk tomorrow about respect in different ways, shapes and fashions, as Vincent was talking about, because I have some very interesting emails to share in that regard over the last week or two. Um, so I was talking about the um, Mallow to Killarney train at the weekend, uh, where I changed trains. It was the Dublin to Cork, Cork to Dublin train, and that was fabulous. It was terrific. But the Mallow to Killarney train was just an absolute nightmare. Somebody said to me, try the Tralee to Dublin train. It's absolutely insane. They oversell the train, then pandemonium kicks in. I got off at Limerick Junction. I just couldn't hack it all the way to Dublin, says a texter. Text 0868104106. I'm keen to talk to Delia, though. Delia, good morning. Morning, Neil. Are you picking up on some of the conversation this morning? Is it regarding faith or what the Catholic Church wants us to um, to believe? Is it um, what's right and what's yes. wrong and what's um, sinful? Yeah. Yes, Neil. What I want to speak to you about is what I believe for me, okay? Yes. In regards to the church. Okay. Not religion in regards to... Um, what happened to regard, you? What in, happened to in, you? What happened to me was that back last year is that I got very, very sick and um, I was always a very spiritual per- person. Right. Um. I did stop attending going to Mass, but I kept my spirituality. Um, I did get very, very sick last year. Um, I was in a very bad state. They didn't, uh, nobody initially knew what was wrong with you. You went into hospital not knowing what was wrong. What, 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 how were you feeling that got you into hospital? What was it? I wasn't feeling a bit well. I wasn't feeling a bit well. Right. I just wasn't feeling this well. You said so you were catatonic. Uh, I was in a catatonic state for three months. And during that state, I was going in and out of this. Now, um, my brain was still alive. My body couldn't move. But while I was in there, I remember, I remember that... Um, it wasn't the, the priest. It was a young girl that used to come into me 
in the ward. And I remember this one day she came in and I said to her, I kept on praying and praying and praying. But I said, Jesus hadn't answered my prayers. Right. You said this to the girl, is it? To the girl. Now, I'm not sure what she said to me. Right. And I just... Well, whatever happened after that, I don't know. But after three months, I came out of that space. Your family had expected you to pass away, I believe. They did, yes. They were very, very worried. They were very, very worried. The doctors, the nurses, weren't sure as to what to do with me. You know? Yeah. They weren't sure as to what to do with me. And... um, so if you're catatonic, I mean, are you aware of your surroundings, but you have no control or no communication or you can't, you have no function? Um, no, I wasn't aware. Okay, okay. I wasn't aware, even though your brain is not dead. You so know, it's like, almost alive. like a coma. You are a, you're alive, you are alive, but your body, you can't eat, you can't. It's not you a coma, so you're, con- like- you're conscious but incapable. You're, you're partly conscious. Right. That's the only way I can put it. You can take things in and then you can't. So after three months, what happened? After three months, um, I came out of space and um, after a while, I came out of hospital. I came out of hospital. And I was, I kept on thinking about this young girl. About this young girl that came in to see me. As I said, I've never, I've always been a spiritual person. I kept on thinking about what she said to me. And I decided to go back over to the church. But what did she say? What she said was... I don't know what she said. All I remember is that I said to her was that I kept on praying and praying and praying to Jesus to help me, and he hasn't answered my prayers. Do you think she was a? But do you think she was an actual real person? Oh, she was. Okay, but you don't know who oh, she definitely. was. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. She was real. I yeah. wasn't imagining it like, you know? Yeah. She was real, like, but she wasn't an actual priest. Okay. I, I don't know what you would actually call her. Okay, so after I, the three I months... I ca- chaplain. Okay. A chaplain, you think. Okay. So after three months catatonic, you started to come round, lost a, a significant amount of weight. I think you were down to below six stone. So you had been right. very, very ill, not eating. Built up your strength. Very well, yes. My family did expect me to die. Okay. They weren't sure what was going to happen. No one, no one knew what was going to happen. Okay. But I did, when I did come home, I started gradually to pick up again. I am in good health again. So I decided to go back one morning, thinking all the time what this, it constantly stayed in my head what this girl had said to me. Right. I did decide to go back to Mass so one morning and I did go to Mass. I did go back to Mass one morning and um, I remember this priest 
Now, this was personally probably going back probably about eight, eight months ago, I'm not too sure. Right. Um, this priest, he actually was only in from Peru, which he would have dealt with a lot of stuff in Peru and stuff like that. Like. Right. What did you say to and him? I what did he say to you? He, I wasn't actually speaking to him personally. He was speaking to the, to the church in general. And what he said is that it's actually that we abandon God, that God don't abandon us. Okay. And I thought about it, and I thought about it. Okay. And I said, isn't that so too? To myself. Okay. So you, thought it, you think it was the power of prayer in those three months in hospital that saved your life? I believe it was still my faith that kept me going. That's and that's and that's life. a one, but that's a wonderful thing for you, and that that must be very. It is, yes. Must and be a real security every, blanket every for you. Morning, yeah, but every morning, every morning, I do, I do go to mass now. Every morning, I've been kind of a bit sick this week. That's okay. okay yeah. That's normal. Okay, but wh- I have but, a normal virus or something. Okay, but but but, but the issue with regarding what Father Sheehy said is that. He's talking about people who live different lives than the way he believes they should lead their lives and that it's a mortal sin and that you're going to go to hell and, you know, you need to look for forgiveness. I don't believe in heaven and hell. I don't believe in... I I believe in what I believe in. And my belief is my belief. And my belief is I go to Mass now in the morning to give thanks to Jesus and his blessed... Mother Mary, for what they have done for me. And as I said, I know Mass that. is only 20 minutes in the morning. Good for you. you. Know, Good there for you. is no big long sermon. Listen to what the priests have to say. But we are listening to what they're saying. They're saying that same-sex relationships is a sin. They're saying that uh, the termination of a pregnancy is a sin. Um, I, I don't hear any of that in the Mass in the morning. There's nothing like that said in our muscle. Okay, 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 okay. No, it's fine. It's great for you. I'm delighted that you're hale and hearty and came through it. And if it was Jesus and his blessed mother did it for you, brilliant. Delighted. Yeah, and that's what I believe. And that is my belief. Okay, good for you. Good for you. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate it. Thank you. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. we got some updates after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Okay, a massive amount of texts. Just a few of them decided midday and then more tomorrow. Maybe that man, as in the priest, was heavy-handed in some of what he said. However, people are only looking for the opportunity to bash Christianity. This country has been ruined by two other religions. Money is one of them. And the other in is a particular religion that this texter has a problem with that I won't dignify with, a, with rep, repeating. I can tell you in 20 years' time, our country will be taken over and there will be no free speech under other types of law. Uh, I have to be very careful about some of these texts because some would actually say that they would border on hate speech. Uh, listening and agree with Maureen, my local priests are afraid to speak up as they're afraid of the backlash. And I feel we are being made to accept everything that we don't wish to accept, including transgenderism. I have no issue with gay people. I have some amazing friends and family, but please stop pushing transgender on us. As a Christian, it's a man and woman, not they or them. Can't come on air, but I feel for the priests as they have, as there are some very kind priests. And in the Bible, 
it's man and woman and nothing else and just one final one I'll revisit other ones uh, tomorrow uh, please don't give up my details but when I was 16 I fell in love with an older man he was 27 I got pregnant he forced me on a ferry and took me to Shepherd's Bush in England to have an abortion I came from a Catholic family I didn't want to bring shame on my family so I said nothing I'm 50 now and every year I remember my baby on conception day on birthday and on death day I love my little baby, but I'm riddled with guilt to this day. And I didn't tell anyone or someone that they... Sorry, I'm riddled with guilt to this day that I didn't tell someone that loved me. I should have spoken up. I will never forget what happened and what I was forced to do. I don't agree with abortion, but I also don't judge anymore. Many times I've walked out of mass because of flyers on abortion and graphic photos or a priest with no life experience preaching about abortion being a sin. I can't even listen to the debate on radio or television about it. God doesn't judge me. God loves me. He knows my story. Shame on that priest. His words could really push someone over the cliff. God will judge him. That's the saddest story. I get some very sad stories. Age of 16, falling in love with an older man. He was 11 years older, pregnant. He forced her on a ferry, went with her, took her to Shepherd's Bush to have an abortion. Keep those texts coming. Text 086-8104-106 and we'll pick it up in the morning. But to uh, finish, as we started with regards to dogs and the sad, sad story of how dogs react to uh, Halloween night and fireworks. And of course, the death of one dog outdoors, literally frightened to death by the fireworks and others then that bolted. Uh, let me just quickly chat to Megan. Megan, good morning. How are you? And I got Rory on line three. So, Megan, your Alsatian dog seriously is called Lucky, yeah? Yeah. Okay, not so lucky that he went missing. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. No. An outside dog, so he'd be out an awful lot. He's out an awful lot, yeah. Microchipped? Microchipped, yeah. All right, so that makes all the difference. What happened next? It was just at nine o'clock, uh, Halloween night. We went out to feed him and he was gone. But there was a lot of fireworks up our way, so I say he took off over that, really, to be honest. And ever since we were looking for him, but when I texted ourselves then this morning, um, that's when I got a text back then off on your colleague saying he was on White Church. Uh, he was up posted on Watson. So when I went on to White Church Watson, it, it was him. All right. So, so at that stage, Rory comes in on the conversation. Rory, good yeah. morning. Uh, hi, Neil. How are you? Did he literally just show up, is it, at the door? Uh, well, we were away for the night, and when we came back, he was there uh, waiting in the driveway. So um, and there was no collar on him and there was no phone number so um, we just took him in and put up the pictures and stuff and um, like he was obviously my daughter was came back that night before so we knew that he hadn't been fed for the day so I said look I'll go in and get him something to eat and uh, we and it was a horrible night last night so I opened up the shed and I left him in the shed for the night so and when I left this morning I left at uh, six o'clock this morning um, the dog kind of sleepily came out the door of the shed and went back in again. He's a lovely dog, great temperament and um He must have been starving, know. was he? Oh I, I, yeah yeah well he, he was the three cans of dog food I gave him anyway. Um <laughs> Megan yeah, you all Rory for three the, cans of dog food. One. I opened the first one, he ran off with the lid. And then when he saw yeah, the food on the rock, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he no, in fairness, so. Have you your own dog as well, Rory? No, no, no. So I what are you doing with three cans of dog food? Do you go out and buy it from her? I went away and I bought. I went away and I bought food for him. Sure. Ah, uh, well, fair play to you, boss. Yeah. So, 
so uh, yeah, like I, I mean, you know, I mean, you couldn't. I knew he was hungry, and I knew he hadn't been, you know, from. The, and I knew he was a family dog. He's very well behaved. You Why know, your and, house, uh, though? I wonder. Sorry. Why do you stop outside your front door? I wonder. Um, I don't know. Well, we're, we're, I suppose we're both out in the country. Um, I'd say he probably came across the field or something. And yeah. um, they're, they're building next door and they were saying that uh, the dog didn't like traffic. So he didn't go out onto the road at all. So he smart just hung around dog, uh, our place. And dog. when we went in, he was lying down on the, the back door and wouldn't move from it. He's, a pu- um, he's only 12. He's a pup, though. 12 oh, he's, old, yeah, well, he's, yeah. Oh, he's, he's a big dog. <laughs> He's yeah. a big Alsatian, 12-month-old, yeah. They grow yeah, fast. Yeah. They take a lot of feeding, I say, Megan, do they? He's a hound. You can't stop feeding him. No matter what you're giving, he wants more. He's I could, because can't. if it were me, I'd be half afraid of an Alsatian at my front door, to be honest.